0: Everybody and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast, place about games, friends, and getting better. Thank you for being here. My name is Ben Hans, and I'm joined by YouTube extraordinaire Jacob Geller. Hello, the king of YouTube, as he insists on being called, and everything and that goes don't along forget with it. it. <laughs> and we're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello, who has never seen the Shining and he needs to You're fix just, that just quickly. Out of the <laughs> bus right at the beginning here. Come Look, on. there's great films I haven't seen. I can't think of any right now, so the bus is far away from me, but you should fix that. Uh, and then Janet Garcia, welcome, Janet.
1: Hello, I've also never seen the Shining. Oh,
0: okay, so you and Kyle can watch it and then we can do a max spoilers on the Shining. Um, that sounds great.
2: But you also got to read it.
0: Yeah, you gotta read it and then you have to watch Dr. Slaughter. Uh, just watch the movie. H1, I be fine. Probably start there. I, I was watching that movie last night in a, in a theater, and I was realizing I've never read a single Stephen King book. That seems like a Man. big, colossal cultural
2: oversight. Yeah, okay, oversight. well, here's the thing we throw you under the bus yeah. for. Come at me, The Shining boss. book is way better than the movie. Like, sorry, Cooper. Really? It's, really? It's, yeah, but it's the, like the movie's better
1: because you don't have to read it, so... Interesting right. point, well, interesting we've point.
2: We've returned to my
0: fifth grade arguments about Harry Potter and The <laughs> Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe.
1: It all comes back. It's a been treat for Jacob. Look sharp.
0: Hey, pop quiz Jacob Killer, how far did they get with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe movies?
2: Um, well, they made... Um uh, what, Prince Caspian? Did they right? get to Or The Cascar? Voyage of the Dawn Treader? I they don't remember. Three, Did right? they get
0: to Voyage of the Dawn Treader? I genuinely don't I, remember. I can't remember the series. I don't remember like the book order, but I think they made three movies. Okay, that sounds right. Um, Hey, on this episode of the podcast, we are talking about God of War Ragnarok, everybody. No spoilers. I am going to be adamant about this. Uh, we're talking only about the first five hours and primarily focusing on gameplay, but we are in fact talking about the biggie, God of War Ragnarok. We're going to be talking about the other biggie, the quiet biggie that they call it. Uh, call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. The Silent Majority, oh. I think, was, is uh, quiet, man, <laughs> it's referred to. That's right. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about Scorn, because we need to talk about Scorn. Um, and then, this is a hot swappy episode. Then Jeffum's gonna be joining us. We're gonna be talking about Gotham Knights. That'll be great. Then Kelsey Lewin's gonna be joining us. We're gonna talk about, uh, I believe, ZWA Chronicles 3. Also about some retro game conventions. And then we're gonna answer a ton of community questions that everybody submitted over there on Patreon. Thank y'all for being here. MinMax just celebrated its third anniversary. Uh, Thanks to everybody who came out to our community meetup, by the way, uh, at Utapil's Brewing uh, last Friday. That was fun. If you couldn't make it, we understand. We're in Minnesota, after all. You can check out MinMax's YouTube channel for a... uh, It's a pretty sloppy video, but it shows off exactly what it was like there, I guess. But yeah, there's a comment where it's like, this feels so much like Ben has dad energy of taking out the camcorder and shoving it in people's faces and it's that but also imagine if you know dad with camcorder energy if he also had like three beers in him. so i apologize for the tone is that of that not video. just dad
1: with camcorder <laughs> yeah, energy? yeah i think that I reflects guess so. a lot of people's experience
0: <laughs> i guess so but it's also like i was so excited to have all those people there and it was really fun so it's like excited dad is most obnoxious dad but you can check it out on youtube and thanks again for supporting us and making this whole thing possible um all right let's let's jump into it. gotta war Ragnarok we gotta do it. um so just set in the scene. uh codes are provided by Sony. Don't you forget it? Um I have a code, but just to frustrate the entire world, um I have not started it yet because I'm waiting to start. For the deepest dive. You, We're going to be taking the deepest dive. You downloaded episode. it
3: though. I did least, not. Right? I did, did not. Did download it? He doesn't
0: no. want to see that PlayStation screen that yeah. might show. Yeah, <laughs> I got to, some spoilers. That's right. I got to jump into Gotham Knights. I can't even have it like on the splash, just like tempting me to start it because I want to go in and have the discussion to be as fresh as possible for the deepest dive, which. Hey, just so y'all know, um, we're gonna be talking about God of War this week. We're gonna be talking about God of War next week on the main show. But if you're looking for truly the best, most thorough discussion about God of War Ragnarok on the internet, you can find that with the deepest dive, which is our whole game club series. We encourage you to join us for that adventure submit comments we will read your discussion points in the episodes and then also you can unlock the podcast version of that Uh, normally it's just on youtube and it will be on youtube throughout the month but you can unlock the podcast version of that because this thing is going long so you probably want that by supporting us over there on patreon so uh we'll go more into that uh, a little bit later but all right god of war ragnarok you can talk about the first five hours Uh, again presumably you've continued to play but you are under lock and key you can't talk about anything beyond that um, Janet, I um, want to. I know. Kyle and Jacob had a separate uh, video on Minmax's channel and also in that bonus podcast feed where they talked a little bit about it. But first five hours, gameplay wise, impressions wise, biggest surprise for you, do you think?
1: The biggest surprise. Oh, Is it about I think- what we're expecting? Yes. Um yeah, I would say so. I think like it's it's like to, like everything's just like swirling around, right? Um yeah, I think it definitely the first 5 hours the top gameplay impressions are it's more God of War. Right. But one thing for you asking me what was my biggest surprise? My biggest surprise in the first 5 hours is that I was getting my butt kicked a lot more Ooh. than I was expecting.
0: And you just played 2018.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that does speak to the fact that Something within any behavior, I think, is a little bit more layered or thoughtful than 2018 was, um, but in a way that like feels a little imperceptible, which is odd, because mechanically it's like the same. I feel like if yeah. you didn't remember 2018, and I showed you the right angle from Ragnarok in that first five hours, you could be like, oh, this is, yeah, I know this game, um, but playing it, I'm like, oh, what? I'm dying so much more, and I think you just have to be a little... A little bit more thoughtful and it's funny seeing um you know if you don't want any spoilers stay away from like the playstation blog because they're like and here's this snippet and this snippet and right. this snippet and in one of the um posts they put up oh again without spoiling like the game they had um mentioned how they tried to design their combat moments to be combat puzzles and i'm like is that why i'm dying because
0: you can't solve <laughs> so the much puzzles more?
1: yeah so that's that's what surprised me the most <laughs> that's okay. interesting
0: yeah kyle and jacob do you agree that it's, it's harder so far or in the first five hours at least
3: I Uh, I have no, I'm playing on normal really okay because I had a tough Um, time with 2018s for sure. And and maybe, maybe it is more of a puzzly thing, and maybe I'm just like locking into that mechanic earlier, yeah. Because it, you know, there are diverse encounters. It's not, I mean, God of War has always been and continues to be a, a game where you walk from one, you know, arena and then you do some stuff and then you end up in another arena. But they do a good job of not in these, you know, first five hours anyway, like making them not feel like you're just moving arena to arena just i with think the design of the levels and the layout and everything yeah i think to janet's
2: point there it does feel much more like it's not just like here's a room and there are some guys in it it feels almost doom e in that it's like oh. there are a bunch of places you can go to fight within this one fight you know like they have kind of you can go like up and down levels there's ways you can like jump off and kind of hit people below you and stuff and so it 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 feels more varied in that way um i maybe i i played i i did everything in god of war i killed like the valkyrie queen and whatever in the first one and so like i was surprised how much i like remembered the feel of it Mm. and so i've been playing on hard and like also getting my butt kicked but like I, gamer. I think that God of War, like <laughs> for me, that's always been kind of a hard game. And so I like, you know, yep. like I like having it really challenge me, yeah. um, but I didn't notice I started on normal and was d- not getting hit, I think, because of how much I remembered from that first game
0: yeah i'm curious jacob but since
2: it, you know it varies
0: yeah i know you're a big god of war fan going back in the day and you to be fair you like 2018 but you weren't as in love with it I, as...
2: I i mean i think i'm probably the most negative on this podcast about to beat every valkyrie
4: <laughs> right, <laughs> like... right right right. <laughs> yeah
0: but I, look I, I i did my due <laughs> you did diligence work, yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Good for you, uh, it's, but but ragnarok uh enjoying it more or less than you expect in the first five hours really digging it Oh, um, that's great
2: i'm i which is which is unusual because i also agree with janet about like it feels those first five six hours you're doing the same you know you're seeing a chest and there are three bells and you ring the three bells and the chest opens you know it's okay. like it yeah, yeah. is Fun god of War 2018 Fine, <laughs> but the um i think the story is just so immediately more interesting that Ooh. I I have like really you know like the thing that I didn't connect with in 2018 was the story and like yeah was too I'm good. I'm a big fan good. of it I don't want it to no good. is I it just, Plus, maybe I don't have kids maybe
1: that's the problem
0: yeah uh, fix it do you, I, that's interesting though is it that because a
1: problem for anyone. No, <laughs>
0: Janet, there's a dad on the podcast. Be cool, be cool. (laughs) Um, But do you think it's because the first one was mainly about the father-son relationship and the mythology stuff was definitely there, but in the back burner, but in this, it's like, we need to cram in the rest of Scandinavian mythology into this one final game set in this universe, so let's go.
2: Not necessarily. I think my problem with the first one is it felt like the same plot beat over and over, where it was like, I get it, Kratos and Atreus have tension between them, and it just, like played that same beat for 20 hours in a row and then at the end they had like a tender moment and this is starting with that all in the background and so while there is still obviously things they disagree on like it just gets to move in different directions like they've kind of done all their relationship homework and so now like more interesting things can happen
1: we finally doing lab experiments, you know, and it's like, <laughs> all right. Um, I I I love twenty eighteen. Also for the quick difficulty thing, I like died like maybe five times in twenty eighteen. That's why I was like shocked that I was really? dying. That is this interesting. This that is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I and I love the combat. I think it's it works well. Um, but for the narrative, I think too, there is still like a very obvious like I think theme to the game that's like been told many a times in many different media but i think it's a more interesting theme and i think as far as kratos and atreus what's more intriguing is that now the conflict is like will you let me you know i'm trying to find out what we gotta do or who i am and it's like all right and it's just like it's a different kind of tension i think it's a more intriguing one because you don't know what direction you're going in i think what's maybe a little bit like Run of the mill of 2018 to Jacob's point is like you know the journey. You gotta deliver the ashes. They tell you that in the first like minute. And it's just like
2: you know where you're gonna end up in that game. And
1: and without without spoiling the game, right? You're going to deliver the ashes. Like that's the game. It's like in Celeste, you're climbing the mountain. That's the game, right? There's other things that happen that are intriguing in that, but that is what the game is. Um here, I am not quite sure. Like I you kind of know what the goal is, like from the trailers, right? They tell you, but it's like, okay, but what does that mean? Like I don't know what is going on, where we're going, what will happen. I have no clue what's going on at any time, but I'm really intrigued at every second. Um, Yeah, it's good. Is
0: it, um, Kyle again, without going too much into details, uh, the, the first five hours, more action packed than 2018 in a big way about the same pacing for like the opening of 2018.
3: Um, I don't, I I think people might disagree with me, but I think it's on par. Okay. I mean, God of War always, forever, has always had a really strong, like, first two hours. Right. Like, that's just become, like, a we, it's a weird thing to call, like, a staple of the series, but, like, <laughs> Make it when good. a new God of War comes out, like, and you go to play it, you set aside two hours, and you, like, you give it the attention it deserves in the beginning, because the beginning is sometimes going to be, like, the best part. And, like, this has a really strong start. There's yeah. a lot of really cool stuff that happens in the beginning, you know? Um, All right. I think it's comparable to the last one in that regard, yeah.
0: All right, I love it. Anything else we should touch on before we dive in, even in a bigger way next week, and then with the deepest dive as well?
3: <laughs> we, I mentioned it in our, our, the chat I had with Jacob, but yeah. uh, one big surprise for me in, 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 you know, in the beginning is that the game is like really funny. Really? I have found myself laughing a lot um, just Mimir stuff really surprised me. Didn't expect that. No,
0: I really, not I really found Mimir. the writing to be very funny. Uh, okay, above and beyond Mamir,
1: there's a recap of the beginning of the game that oh. you can select yes, if you nice. want. Oh, it. that's nice. So that's the only thing I want to shout out.
3: Huh, basically, okay. basically, they're really leaning into Kratos being like the ultimate straight man who just, just won't give in. Any, you know, he's just like. Well, there's a lot even in 2018 are of like very funny this time around.
0: I and mean, we had like flavors of Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy in 2018s entry Yeah, it's
2: it's similar to that but yeah Yeah, they just yeah you know they're able again with like if every conversation doesn't have to be an argument between kratos and atreus then there can just be like more kinds of conversations
0: right right Uh, kyle based on the first five hours can you give any sort of thumb presentation (laughs) for how much you're digging this thing Uh, Kyle's for. Thumbs uh, up.
3: Wow. It's good, man. It's good so far. All right. Those first five hours are strong. All right.
0: And who can say if you've played more? Uh, God of War Ragnarok, everybody. Uh, Again, sorry for dancing around this. If you are just ready for people to rip off band aids and start throwing out spoilers, Uh, sorry, it came to the wrong think Everywhere else on the internet is doing that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Problem in finding it.
0: And we're going to be doing it in a huge way uh, with The Deepest Dive. We're going to be recording the first discussion there covering the first five to six hours. So it'll be up on Monday. Sunday on uh, YouTube and then also in the bonus podcast feed. And so we'll be expecting your comments that we can read in that discussion uh, that first weekend as well. So we know it's going to be a little bit tight, but we want to want to dive into this sucker. Um, let's see. I'm very excited about the panel that we have for this Deepest Dive. I'll reveal it next week, but here's a tease. We have one old school min-maxer joining us, one mythology expert joining us, and another person who... Let's just say they might be a little slow with the buttons, but I think people will get a kick out of it. And they've also been on <laughs> Deepest Dive in the past. I, uh, I know who's going to be on it. I don't know who you're talking <laughs> well, about. Well, <laughs> just think a little bit about it. It's a puzzle. It's like one of those God of War puzzles. Oh, uh, That's right. Uh, oh. Except for the one way you don't. Oh, interesting. I'm going to have to write that down. Uh, i got to Ragnarok, ambassador. everybody. Let's, let's, we're going to celebrate the hell out of this thing, so please join us. Uh, also, speaking of celebrating the hell out of it, uh, Jacob Geller, I'm sorry that you haven't played Bayonetta three yet. Nintendo's keeping the keeping keepin their boy in the dark.
1: <laughs> oh, apparently it's well, how do our predictions do? Oh, I forgot. Uh, I think somebody uh, on Twitter said that you better. were
0: like that you were spot on, Janet. I think uh, for Bayonetta three, Metacritic. that's right. Put yeah. it in
1: my resume, man. I think it was I'm like saying, what, did, another, life. what did
0: Janet say? I think it was like eighty nine or something. That's cool. well, that's, that's a, exactly what it is.
3: Yeah,
1: I think. Did I say 89? I guess when I went 92, but either way, okay, so, pretty, um,
3: pretty close. Dare user X tweeted. Yes. Yeah. Us, yeah. Like yeah. They, they, they gave us Jacob. Oh, 82 hansen apparently you said under eighty two, but also eighty three. I don't was, know what that. Means. I don't know what I was doing. That's wrong. <laughs> I said eight, I said 83, 84 and then Janet said eighty nine. Very impressive. Very so. impressive,
0: yeah. Janet. Oh my well, god. Well, you gave a
3: range. You give a range.
1: Little a coward's way out, but fair.
0: You gave uh, a range man. too. I'm just. Like, <laughs> I don't know just what, just what I was doing.
1: <laughs> work. Just throwing that out there.
0: Uh huh. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, vanita three. We'll talk Highly about requested. it uh, probably. Uh, next week. But it seems like from reviews, people like it. Gameplay rules story is a little disappointing it's kind of a high level thing for bayonetta 3 which is out on friday sounds
1: like a video game let's go that's it speaking of sounds like a
0: bayonetta video (laughs) hey let's talk about the biggie call of duty modern warfare 2 uh this is an interesting game i think this is an interesting game um it's shockingly quiet out there about this game Has anybody else noticed that so it's a weird thing where it's technically out on Friday. The campaign, so going on. <laughs> the ca- oh, hey, is ton it going out.
3: I, I, I know that's.
0: If out. you pre-order it, you yes. can
2: play the campaign.
1: Oh yeah, can I ask your guys' opinion oh, okay. on that? Does that to you? Do you feel like that is still a pre-order if the pre-order allows you?
2: I feel to like play it speaks it? Like to the window? fact it's that Call of Duty thinks of its campaign the same way it thinks of like a bonus costume like it's like yeah oh, pre-order it you'll get this meaningless oh thing that no one cares
0: about oh wow i wonder also wow. if it makes them
1: a little more immune no one to else even respond to that question that was
0: really good <laughs> yeah but i wonder if it makes them a little more immune to reviews to have things like scattered like it's less impactful to have like review and progress up on gamespot.com or whatever like we're at seven but we'll be changing over time and now with multiplayer it kind of you know it spreads it out a little bit so it's like oh, look if we're gonna get dinged in reviews at all uh let's just try and diffuse as much as we can but i can't tell if it's still just remnants of people not wanting to cover activision in a big big way or what but i was digging around looking for modern warfare 2 just like interviews so i i'm really curious like what the developers from affinity word are saying about this thing there was like a 5 minute jeff Keighley interview and then i found like one story on ign where it was like hey the developers said they want to make a spin-off game about ghost check out the full interview for even more. And then there was no link and there's no full interview that I can find at least. So I don't know. Jacob Geller, you've been playing this. I played the first hour, like the first three or four campaign missions, but how much have you played of Modern Warfare 2?
2: Uh, yeah, I've played like two hours.
0: Okay. Uh, what do you think so far?
2: Um, uh, Mark a time code, Ben. Uh, I yeah. think it fucking sucks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. <Wow. laughs> and, and And kind of... It's like I, 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 two two opinions on it, which is yeah. one, I think that it's uh, a fundamentally evil game. But also, <laughs> oh, I think it's like Jesus. bad God. as a Call of Duty. Really? Like, I That's think awful. It's, yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's like, so of Better those first two hours, it's like four of the missions have been basically clean house from the first one one has been the longest sniper mission i've ever played and one has been an ac-130 mission that took
0: seven hours it felt like wait okay this is interesting maybe it's all in the second half but i'm like you know it took me a while to come around to call of duty uh but i enjoyed them for what they are i mean i even forgot i started this game and I was like oh that's right i finished 2019's campaign i forgot i made it all the way through that thing i mean not that it was incredibly long or anything but from the first hour first of all, my first impression is this game looks so much better than i was anticipating i forgot how good even the 2019 call of duty game looked but like they drop you in this canyon and just the lighting the water is just oh the water, the, water the water is great it's it is freaking gorgeous i'm playing on on pc but it's just mind-boggling how good it looks Um, And then was like, "Eh, this seems all right. I can go for one of these every once in a while, even if I'm kind of sick of the people in the military strategizing room screaming at each other. We need to get rid of these weapons. Uh, But uh, fundamentally evil Jacob Keller.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, and I honestly, I don't even think that's like an original take, you know, but like I, I posted I hate to reference a tweet, but I went like mildly viral for this where there's like a very early mission where you're playing like kind of agents crossing through a town on the like Mexican-American border. Yeah. And it's, it's like a trailer park. And you have, you're just like two guys decked out in guns going through people's houses and people are coming out and being like, Hey, what are you doing here? And it says, hold L2 to deescalate. And when you hold L2, you point your gun directly at them. It's just like the aim button. And then they're like, Oh, sorry, sorry. And then they like run back in their house and it's like, Oh, okay. So that's what Call of Duty thinks deescalation is. It's like a dude with an assault
0: rifle aiming
2: it at a civilian
0: if i may it, it's call of duty what, what do you want to do Do I have them like what other verbs we got in this series I mean, there's I, a, literally a mission
2: one it's call of duty an evil franchise but like okay. two there's a mission later on where there are dialogue options mm. or it's like press you know press d-pad to to de-escalate and it says hey we're go back in your house sure like, anything that's not aim your gun at their head
3: yeah maybe also just don't make a level where you're like yeah to <laughs> deal with civilians in their home. yeah i mean
1: this is a this is just like the military the first, isn't uh, you know
3: it's like it's like
2: the first the, literally the first mission of the game is like you go in a house and you shoot a guy and then his like grieving widow picks up his gun and tries right. to shoot you and you shoot her too which right. is one a thing that call of duty black ops has already done and yeah. like two a fucking evil thing to do <laughs> and it's it's like the whole game is is kind of obsessed with this idea of like modern military conflicts are murky and there's this right. you know gray area of morality but like I haven't finished the game. It's not going to tell you that, like, Soap was evil for doing that. I can tell you that right now. Like, the takeaway is not going to be, like, we
0: shouldn't be doing this. Do you think just culturally things have moved so much in the last couple years that playing a Call of Duty game is just, like, impossible? Like, even, you know, on our uh, bonus podcast, Party Chat, we had people from the community call in. They're like... I feel gross about just shooting people from other countries uh, for the first time while playing this game, which is interesting that maybe just people have taken a little break from Call of Duty. I mean, not according to the sales, but I mean, culturally from the last couple of years, they haven't really been juggernauts. And now people are jumping back into this one. It's like, have we just changed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe
2: technical. Like this game looks so good that there is Mm. very little... Like, it seems like the line is much less clear, like where it's like, wow, it feels like I'm really shooting people. And right, like that right. feels bad. Um, I think in their approach to modern military conflict, like it, it feels more genuine in a way, which makes it feel grosser. Again, it's like the closer you get to like what modern conflict is actually like you know then then the worse it feels morally because right. like you know in 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 the early call of duties when you're even in like modern warfare or modern warfare 2 from back in the day like your missions are kind of crouching behind cinder blocks and popping up and shooting guys and whatever yeah. and this is like you know it, it it just it does not it doesn't feel video gamey uh except in the way that, like, drone warfare feels video gamey. And so, like, that just kind of lends it this queasiness.
0: Yeah, and again, I was so curious to see interviews from them because I remember, you know, with 2019's uh, Infinity Ward entry of Modern Warfare, that was the whole debate. Remember the internet lit itself on fire about, they say it's not a political game. Like, you know, we asked them on the cover story and that kind of blew up in a a way um, because they're like, well, we didn't mention Donald Trump in the game, so therefore it's not a political game. But it's like, come on, you guys, you know what you're doing here. Um, and so maybe that's one of the reasons they're just shying away because it seems like they are quote unquote getting more quote unquote political in this game, but they just don't really want to address it in a big way. Yeah, I it feels like maybe they've
2: just learned they have nothing to gain, you know? Like yeah. that it's like the people who buy Call of Duty aren't aren't convinced to buy it by interviews but like with those yeah. interviews they can put their foot in their mouth and then they yep. get a write up yep. on polygon about how they put their foot in their mouth
0: yeah exactly um are you going to finish it probably uh just kind <laughs> okay. of out of out of spite and <laughs> you're going to beat all the
3: Valkyries and everything you know, yeah, yeah smart, I was, smart
2: i was i was thinking about you know it's like if you're like a a normal person i don't think you really have anything to gain by like watching low level gop political debates but like in that, in that analogy, I'm a pundit, and so it's like, I think I should. You know, it's like, sure. I, I think to kind of be able to talk knowledgeably about games, this is one of the most popular games in the world, and and so I think it's, yep. you know, the campaign's five hours long. Yep.
0: Probably. And it's going to be <laughs> the best-selling game of the year. I mean, yeah, you should absolutely keep it on the... Uh, yeah, I was I was streaming it on Minmex's Twitch channel, uh, and there's a level pretty early on where you're walking around the streets of Amsterdam. And again, it just looks amazing and oh, like the incredible. tech for the people yeah. are unbelievable and just the signage is incredible and so many people in the chat were just like it's just a bummer that this production value is going to a call of duty game and it's like i hear you <laughs> i get yeah, it Yeah, and think... it's
2: like that mission isn't fun you know it's, it's pretty like, short it's really cool seeing amsterdam and then it's like you press r3
0: like, three times, and that's, like, what happens there. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, very curious to hear everybody in the community's thoughts on this thing. Some people are enjoying it, some people are kind of maybe a little bit beyond the series at this point, but, yeah, curious to hear what everybody thinks. Um, All right, a very similar thing here. Scorn. The the discussion around scorn is fascinating. If you don't recall, scorn is... The game that's very HR Geiger inspired. It's been shown for a long time. It was a Kickstarter originally, I do believe. Um, and now this thing yeah. is out and it's on Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. That's why everybody mm-hmm. has a hot take about this thing. Um, okay. Squ- I played on Steam Deck. For what it's worth. Oh, okay. That's right, because you don't want your family to see the gross stuff in Scorn? I just don't think they would think it's cool.
1: So it's um, it's just a <laughs> lot of... You right to trust that impulse.
0: <laughs> it, it's a lot of goopy, dark, alien phalluses, but then the interesting that interesting thing that I heard is, oh, it's basically like Myst-style gameplay, though. Is that what's happening with Scorn?
1: It's a I puzzle so. game uh, it's a puzzle with some game. combat, and I hear the combat's really bad, but Kyle, you could tell me if that's
3: I, true. I, I would put it. Hmm, Mist? Uh, maybe. I. Because I heard some people calling it like CYST, right? C-Y-S-T. Well, sure, is fair. that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I actually think the closest, and it could be just because Silent Hill is on my mind, but it made me think more of like Silent Hill kind of structurally of like, you're solving puzzles and there's combat periodically and it's bad combat, but maybe the combat's <laughs> supposed to be bad to yeah. make it feel more intense and scary, which it does effectively do um but it is it is very puzzly it's a lot of figuring out where switches are and making sure you're hitting them in
2: the right i think order. i think that the missed analogy which i also was thinking of while playing it is basically almost every puzzle is like figure out what order to use these machines like that's kind of what it is it's like you'll okay. you'll have a pretty big open area and there will be like five machines and you're not really sure what any of them do but if you do them in the right order you'll be able to progress uh, but the difference is that in these all the machines you like put your fingers in
0: weird suckers and those are the controls like that. <laughs>
3: so, is this yeah, um, that's what's
0: fun i have a question on behalf of the entire audience is scorn good
1: no i don't think it is i played yeah. yes. the i previewed it and i was like i'm not reviewing this because i'm i mean it's going to be torturous to try to review it okay it really didn't land so, for me i thought it like, not well made
3: torturous is like fair and i think but i think it's one of those things that that's the intention of the developer you know whether you enjoy that or not i i I, I do think just
2: just to janet's point i think the first area is bad i think it gives a pretty bad first impression in that i had more trouble with that first puzzle than any of the other ones
3: same yeah the first puzzle is the most obtuse but like the weird thing jacob did you finish it or you're okay I do like these kinds of games. Like I would put it in the same ballpark as like an inside, right? Where it's oh, like Oh, really? Yeah, not not in terms of like quality or recommendation necessarily, sure. but just in terms of like I like a creepy game where I really don't understand what's happening. Like I like the sort of uneasiness of like being confused and just looking at things and it's all very much, like, self-directed, what are you taking away from this? It's, it's it's like, you can barely even call it, like, thematic. Like, it's you're taking themes, and you're, you have strange ideas about what's happening. I like that kind of thing, and I think Scorn does that really well sometimes, where it's, like, puts you in really uncomfortable situations that you don't know what you're doing, and I think that's really fascinating and interesting, and it's something that video games, only video games can really do, where it's, like... You have to push that button. I know you don't want to push that button, but if you want to like go forward, you need to you need to engage with this thing, and I think that's interesting. But there were moments where it was like combat was really rough. Uh, I didn't have health checkpoints were b- really bad, mm. and like those are the moments where it's kind of like it feels like a video game and it gets off the rails. Like there was one sequence. Oh, by the way, I played the whole game. I missed a gun. Like I didn't even find one of the guns. Which Insist I think is a sort gun. of a sign of like you guys should have probably made sure I got that gun. But like there are instances where it's like, Oh, I gotta I gotta activate this switch. Oh, I turned around and died. Okay, now I gotta go I gotta watch that animation again every time I retry. But like yeah. ultimately I, I walk away with like honestly an impactful experience that like I couldn't even explain, which is like really interesting to me. Yeah, I <sighs> I I am I, I fully agree where it's like if
2: you were writing a review where like every time a bad thing happened, <laughs> you took away a point. Right. You know, scoring would be like a four out of ten and that it's like yeah. there are really frustrating moments. The puzzles are obtuse. The combat is not great. The checkpoints suck. But like it's it's just kind of undeniably compelling you know like like we should say it's like both i think the visual design and especially the animation work is superb like unbelievable you know to kind of triple a level and the the kind of things where it's like it's all in first person but like the things that happen in first person are just bananas and you're kind of playing through because like Just just to see the next one, you know, it's kind of like an old game where you'd play to see the next CGI cutscene. Like, that's kind of what I felt like with Scorn. But like that they were rewarding enough that even though I had a huge amount of frustrations playing through, like I still kind of recommend it, especially if you're using a walkthrough so you could like jump past. Some of those annoying puzzle bits.
3: Yeah, that, that's the funny thing. I don't know if I can recommend it, really. <laughs> like, we'd have to have a good 20-minute conversation to figure out what kind of person you are to be like, Yeah, I, I think you might like this, but most of the time I think I'd be like, no, this is really going to gross you out and you're going to be uncomfortable. Is it fair to to say so say that you need
1: to love then the aesthetic because that's what's pulling you through? Like, that, that feels like what you're describing, Jacob, but I don't know if yes. what you're talking no, about. is more if, experiential. Okay.
2: If you didn't vibe with, like, the first minute after you press start if you weren't like this is amazing then like you're not going to enjoy the
3: game <laughs> if if you watched prometheus and you were yeah. one of the people that was like it's
2: pretty good. It's like <laughs> the production design you can't argue with.
3: Like yeah. <laughs> or if you're one of those people that um, wanted to
0: drink the juice from that mummy coffin or whatever, um, then <laughs> scorn is for you, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's on it's PC. In, tagline for the game. <laughs> it's on PC and Game Pass now. Curious to see where that thing ends up end of the year. Um, all right, Jacob. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, do you have anything else you want to convey before you clap out forever? Uh d- d- no, that's it. Um thanks.
2: Thanks for having me on to play uh, all the games coming out that are not Call of Duty Modern Warfare
0: 2. <laughs> you betcha. Thanks, Jacob. Bye. Jeff Markiafava, welcome to the oh, big yeah. show, sir. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Okay. Um what is um your life like? Uh, Janet, it feels like is sprinting on three different treadmills at once for like game reviews and stuff um right do you feel like in your current role do you feel a a crunch of this game season or is this kind of like eh, it's about the same as usual because we're not going to burn ourselves out here um
4: yeah it's it's more uh what what is that um the sort of damocles or whatever yeah, that's yeah. like constantly hanging over which, and it's just Elden Ring, I just have to... Yes. If, if I get back and I finish Elden Ring, I will feel fine. I won't care about any other game that I didn't uh, beat this year, but I'm still terrified.
0: Uh, yeah, we need, to, we need to map that out, because my plan was like, well, surely I'll beat it before God of War comes out. And now it's like, oh, crap, I'm going to be jumping into the deepest dive. So I'll do it once I wrap up God of War for the deepest dive. So that's... That's but not then, a lot of time. I know, but then maybe but it's going to be... you're right? Sarah said you're at the end. I'm like three-fourths of the way through Elden Ring, I believe. And so I think it might be a perfect thing where I'll be playing it and finishing it off as we're talking about Game of the Year stuff, so it'll be super fresh, um, which maybe that'll be a good thing. Or maybe after playing God of War, it'll just be uh, dog crap on our shoe. We don't really know.
3: Um, That's going to be a tough one to go back to, I think, after so long. Yeah. (laughs) Well, We'll I'm going to be streaming
0: it, though, so it helps to have people telling me exactly what I'm doing wrong. That's the only way to really enjoy From Software Games, I think, because... I get a lot of crap. Everybody's saying, I'm not going to finish it. Oh, I'm finishing it, everybody. There's, there's no way around this. I, I don't can't. know.
1: Famous lots of words, man. No,
0: absolutely. Hand to God. I know I've been I'm saying it since Chrono it. Cross came out, but I'm absolutely. I'm Clip this. I'm sorry. Clip it. Come at me, cowards. I'm finishing Elden Ring. Uh, a game that I won't finish, but I was actually very... Uh, Excited to jump in and check out. Um, it was one of those things like I had it download on my PS5. And I was like, I am really looking forward to jumping into this thing and seeing what it's all about. But Gotham Knights, everybody, came out last Friday. This is Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Montreal's follow up to Arkham Origins, except it's not in the Arkham universe. And this is the big co op uh, Batmany game without and the Batman. Says it's
1: not a follow up, also.
0: That's right. But uh, it's the same. It's the same studio making another DC open world game that focuses so on Batman. Similar visual style.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, similar traversal. That's right. Again, uh, they're worse on mine.
0: Yeah. Okay, Gotham Knights, everybody. This thing's out. Uh, new gen consoles. Janet, you finished it, right?
1: Yeah. See, this is wow. this
0: is why you're a freaking champion, Janet. This is why uh, you're a godsend for this podcast. The Thank you. The people's
1: champion. That's what they call me. Absolutely.
3: Give it up. She Gotham's finished Gotham Knights. Gotham's champion.
0: Uh, Jeff, um, how far are you in Gotham Knights? um i mean i've
4: been playing it for hours Uh uh-huh it it, it's hard to tell between like actual playtime and how it feels
0: okay so okay we're somewhere around the three to five area i've
4: uh no it's it's been longer than that okay i've played every night Um, and
1: every gotham night
4: janet up top every gotham night yes uh yeah I I I feel like I've unlocked all the cool abilities for Batgirl which I don't know is saying a lot though.
0: okay and then Kyle number one DC fan how far are you about an hour okay I'm about
3: yeah. two hours into this thing do we all just play as Batgirl I just like that seems like
0: the I, did, I played as Robin
1: primarily yeah, okay oh I, I, I love
3: just, that. That was like, there was no question for me. I guess it's because I've always liked Batgirl, where I was like, I'm playing as Batgirl.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my solution there was like, well, everyone's going to be Batgirl, of course, because she's the most like Batman. So I need to zig when other people are going to zag. But uh, Robin, no one's going to choose Robin. But okay, Janet, I'm glad to hear that both of us I are. I played on a little entrance. bit
1: of um, uh, not Nightwing. Nightwing. Oh, not Red Nightwing. Hood?
3: Red Hood?
0: Red I think Hood. so. Yeah, yeah. the gun.
1: I didn't like Red Hood, but I, I didn't give him a, ch- a fair chance, so yeah. I was like, "I'm going back to Robin. I don't want well, to." man start didn't either.
0: I was. I, was, I <sighs>
1: Batgirl for a while as well, actually. But yeah, yeah. no, I get you.
0: I switched to Batgirl for a bit because I'm like, "Oh, is she gonna have like the cape from Arkham and kind of the more the cape physics?" And it's am like, "She no. can." She can, she can really? If
1: you unlock it after doing the ten uh interrupting ten Which, random yeah. crimes oh. to get your nighthood ability no, no, for her. it's
4: it's ten premeditated right, crimes. Right, The yeah, Random crimes. Oh, who, who why would you count those towards yes. becoming a better also, crime fighter? Th-
1: and I know we're gonna get in ahead, putting mm-hmm. the car before the horse, but um while all of the skill tree stuff, like the points you earn cuts across characters the knighthood abilities don't and that's the thing that you need to like unlock the cape whatever their secondary traversal thing is which i saw a lot of people complaining about which i also yeah. agree is like it's 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 weirdly structured and i don't know why they structured it that way it doesn't seem to fit the ethos of the rest of their the progression structure yeah. across the characters but
0: whatever uh, jeff um, your early-ish take uh, what do you think of gotham knights how'd they do how'd the team do
4: I'm I'm really here because I want to hear um, Janet's. You coward! Give us As, just
0: a taste. Give no, us just a, a, range. a sampling. Just a range. I
4: I I went into it really wanting. I told yes. you I yep. I was really excited to play a current gen open world game because yes. I feel like I haven't. I mean, there's obviously Elden Rings and Horizon, but Science I want Row. just kind of a a big you know icons on the map kind of game and. I've been mostly disappointed at almost everything that the game
5: has done. But,
4: but a, a large part of that is just, I've I really tried to go in with an open mind for the characters. You know, yeah. like the entire, the entire cycle up to the game's release, I'm like, why would I want to play as any of these characters? Exactly. None of exactly. them are interesting to me whatsoever, especially compared to Batman. Um, and I, I went into it with the most open mind I could. And I still like Batgirl is, I'm glad I'm playing as Batgirl. She's the only one I wanted to play as the best I can say is she's inoffensive. Like there, uh, so far there has not been any building a personality around that character that, has come off as interesting in any kind of way, but she's not actively working against me like the other like the other characters
0: yeah, this is my thoughts just on the, the early hours of this game is it's like it's so this t- game is in an impossible spot because the game opens with like a literally sweet batman fight that you just it's like a cutscene, then you see Batman die, and then the rest of the game is just these other characters being like, Oh, can we live up to the Batman legacy where it's like and all you're thinking of as a player is like boy I'd much rather be playing those really fun batman games so like story wise and gameplay wise everything is just looking to like this you know shining beacon on top of the hill here and, it's just an impossible yeah, like frame some kind of, of reference in the sky
3: hanson Think, that's that maybe a better
0: reference <laughs> than a reagan quote and, yeah
4: and and that that's that's one of the things i hate in in stories them also so you can take some of this as like a personal my personal problem playing the game, but I hate when when you have like the younger character who is idolizing other characters in the story. Right. Being like, gosh, can I can I live up to that? And it's like, no, you're not going to. And I and I don't I don't like that as like this is my personal struggle, you know, like like Batman had the Joker and these Kids Jokers. have, like, self-doubt as they you know, like, <laughs> what they're trying. It's, well,
1: Now, now you're going to kind of like a viewer, And they're, they're all in college. They're they're like, the kids, like, kids these days. <laughs> <like, laughs> <like, laughs> the I know, Jeff, um, And I, that girl I feel
3: and, that and way. Red Hood have a lot of problems with Joker as well. <laughs> well <laughs> yeah, they, they've all been hurt. They've mostly he might have killed one of them at one point. Well, they've mostly you know. <laughs>
4: spent their time bickering with one another. Like, I would, I would love for them to just and maybe it comes later and I really hope it comes later, but I would love for them to do anything other than just like hang around the belfry and kind of be snide to one another. And Nightwing wants to be the leader, but he's just, he's like a more emo version of Robin. And (laughs) it's just, and then there's, and I don't get (laughs) Redwood just wants to smash people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It's it's really, it's that aspect of it has, has been a
0: real struggle. It's Um, just, it's not, it's not a, for me, at least, it's not a core character fantasy to play as any of these folks in juxtaposition to this character fantasy that we all have of, oh boy, it was really sweet being Batman to be able to fly around these gargoyles and string people up and, and fly around just knowing that that's just right there, but not quite there. And, it's just impossible. And I mean,
4: that's why I picked Ga- Batgirl and I feel like you could get into that. I don't, I don't know a ton about Batgirl as a character. Um, and so I... I'm sure it's being faithful to, to whatever has been in the comics, or maybe it's not, I don't know, but it's yeah. just, it hasn't done anything interesting with her character yet that, I'm, that I was hoping hoping it would.
0: Are we out of the loop, Kyle, because there are so many Teen Titans fans out there that they're like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, we've always wanted to play as Robin and Nightwing and stuff. Like, these, these are
3: our folks. No, no, I, okay. I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 I like Batman a lot, um, and I read, I read a decent amount of the comics. I don't like keep up to date, but I know the backstories of pretty much all those characters. And so I was a little, I'm a little more excited about it. Like I know, but if, if it's not being surfaced in the game, then that's a problem. Like you can't rely yeah. on, you know, Oh, I know, I know about her history with Joker and her time as Oracle. Like if that's not there for someone like Jeffum, then that, you know that that needs to be readdressed i think yeah
0: okay we've danced around it too much we have we have the batman in our midst (laughs) janet's actually finished this game janet where's this thing landing for you
1: um this game is not good it's one of the worst thing games i've played this year um, worse really throw um it was funny because someone tweeted me like or i've seen tweets go around before the game came out when like the previews and my uh (laughs) my viral um what was it? Living La Vida song, Loca. Right? Living the Vida Loca. And people were like, oh, this is going to be Saints Row. And I was thinking to myself, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Yeah. And it kind of technically is. Like, I would score them probably the same. And frankly, oh, wow. which one would I rather make someone beat? Ooh, I got to really debate it because they really? are neck and neck. Yes. Wow. Um, this game is really bad. Uh, the only thing that's good about it over saints row is that it's not as nearly as broken. I only encountered like, well, maybe one bug and it was like, Oh, something spinning in the background, but it's not affecting my gameplay baseline. It is kind of, it's middling, right? It starts yeah. at middle. And when you start at middle, you only got two places to go. You're either going to overcome the odds. You're going to dip below. And I said this during my preview and I'm like, I think maybe, it, you know, it go either way. And it went the South way by mm, a good margin uh, a for a number of reasons. Um, The things that make it worse than just that baseline of the combat's not that interesting are the ways that they've made it convoluted to unlock that secondary ability, are the ways that they structure their quests. Where so many of the mainline quests, which are, you know, without getting into spoilers, the case files, you're kind of tracking what was Batman was looking into some stuff, like let's follow these breadcrumbs and see what's going on in Gotham. Those are your case files, those are your main quests. So many of those have sec like objectives within them that are like to progress, you have to do to, like, premeditated crimes or interrogate two people of this faction. And I think so much of what I can say about this game is there are so many good ideas, but none of them are well-executed. Like, I think Jeff nailed it when he was like, none of this is working well. Because um, you see where the fun could be, you know? Right. You're in the open world, and there's stuff like... Okay, and I forget the names of these, but it's, like, this challenge where you're going through these, like, beams of light, and you get to the end, you get a cash and some rewards. That's fun to do, but only fun when, like, the traversal's good enough. Like, the traversal's a little too slippery for it to feel engaging to do that challenge. So you're like, okay, that doesn't work. And then doing the random crimes and stuff, like, it doesn't really gain you the progression that you maybe would hope it would. So then it's like, that doesn't quite work. And then for interrogating, they're like, hey, go, you know... For this to progress this main story, um, interrogate like two mob people. And then, like, the game does this really annoying thing where the UI is so overly convoluted, where it's like, okay, this is a game. I should be able to just track where the mob people might be. But instead, you have to go. Not into like your main mission stuff. You got to go separately into the challenges section, click on that same mission. And then it says, oh, by the way, the mob hangs out in this territory. Then you have to separately go to the map, zoom around and try to find where that territory is. Then you have to go there. Hopefully you have the fast travel spots and lots because or else you got to go there manually. You go there and then you have to kind of scan to see these. And I'm like, you made this. I can tell you made that design decision because you really wanted... And when I spoke to like the team, they talked about this. They're like, we really want people to feel like, you know, oh, I'm hanging out here. And like, you know, I'm by the Belfry or I'm by downtown or I'm by the bank. But I'm like, you did not do anything in your game to give me that relationship with the city. But you yeah. want me to have the relationship. So you're making me pretend that I have that relationship. And I don't because you failed to craft a context for me to have that. that is, and so much of this yeah. game is that kind of failure. And then the last thing I really want to point out is there are difficulty spikes like crazy in this game and the leveling gets crazy as well. Where at one point I was constantly lower level and I'd have to go and grind some things just to have to grind later to unlock things. So it just felt so extra. Uh, the, The separate villain quest lines like Harley Quinn, Uh, Mr. Freeze like etc those get so hard where it does feel for most of the game does feel like a normal single player game but for those parts I'm like I can tell you want me to have a second person and I don't and for that reason this quest is hell I turned Mm. it on very easy and sometimes still struggled with stuff there's the end boss is ridiculously hard even on very easy Um, just and then also where the story goes is like awful as well so it's like everything oh no that
3: was gonna be my 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 question was gonna be like is the Court of
1: Owls stuff fun? Flat no. I, was, I do think it's cool, but yeah. like, and, you know, I'm sure we'll, we can dig into more details. But the last thing I want to say is just that I don't recommend this game. I don't think anyone should play it. I think if it comes to Game Pass, don't play it. Don't bother. There's not. It's not a good game. My boyfriend also hate finished it, he hated it. <sighs> like,. He like er, it's not good, and I know some people now. You're more into whatever. You Do what you do with, with your life. Yeah. Don't tell me I didn't send you there. Don't go play this game. It, <laughs> it is
0: weird. It's like I have that same. And the instinct. credits
1: have the song. The "Live in the Vita Loca" song plays in the credits.
0: Well, that's just fun. I will defend any game using that song at any point, absolutely, until my grave. But it is weird. I, like I, 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 honestly, that that part in the
4: game has been the highlight for me. Oh, so okay, far. Like, all the, right. The prison riot part. I was like, okay, this is actually kind of different. It was. Like, the combat was the same as yes. the combat is everywhere in the game, but right. at least it had a bit of a different vibe, and I appreciated that. I, I also thank you, Janet, for bringing up the, um, the Saints Row comparison because that was my first couple hours. I was like, this is... Not not broken like that game, but it's there's like just a little bit of jank and a little bit like the animation the way the animations just kind of stumbling into one another sometimes it was it was I had the exact same impression of that like oh, I went into this expecting just like m- more smooth gameplay than than what I'm being delivered, and that's not. That's not what I expected from this developer, and it's not what I expected from this generation of game. And it's just yeah. that instantly kicked it down a notch. And all all the progression stuff were the questions that I had that I was hoping you would you could tell me was going to get better, but obviously
0: uh, it doesn't. It's just so. so wild to jump into this game and like have that moment of wow, it's another open world Gotham. Like not that long ago, this would be mind blowing. And then at the that moment, you're just kind of like running around the city for a bit, and it's like. Yeah, it's just. I guess we're beyond that as an industry. Like, yeah, open world Gotham. But what have you done for me lately? Like, can you give me anything interesting in this open world Gotham? And the answer is not really, based on my limited experience, at least, which is just bizarre.
3: Uh, it,
1: it, cool. yeah, I'm gonna and play
3: it, some more. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, please do, please do.
0: If you
1: if you guys finish it, like, let me know. We like, I, do, I, like, I just want to know what's. I have. I I want to see. I like seeing it break people, not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, I like, mean, I love Bane.
3: I love Batman enough where I will play a little more, but I I am I am sad to hear uh how down you guys are in it. That's, yeah, that's
1: the Court funny. of Owls is intri- is just an inherently intriguing concept. And I'm like, I want those owl masks so bad. The uh the co-op angle. Uh,
0: there's people watching Live the Backstage past year saying, like, oh, is the co-op fun? Um Janet, I mean, you actually played some co op. I mean, yeah, I it, did.
1: I did too. C- a little picture about the burger joint with my boyfriend.
0: Oh, that's cute. I mean, did that improve it? If people are looking for like a co op Arkham esque, yeah. but not Arkham experience, like, thing. is it something I for I always him?
1: have the same comment, and people never like to hear it. I don't think co op makes any, like, so many games where they're like, well, if you play with a friend, y'all, that's not because the game's good, that's because you like your friend. And that's fine. Yes. Like, I did, yep. I inherently yep. did have more fun playing with my boyfriend. Um, but also I disliked this game so much that once it was done I was like I'm not I, once I beat it because I'm like I'm going to go do my own game for a while and I like dropped out of his game and did mine and I was like yeah Isaiah I'm not coming back this is all you baby you run with it and I kind of felt bad because I do know he had a he had a worse experience I think because I wasn't there because at least then you know we could divide up some stuff and like I think they do a lot of actually really smart things with how they integrate co-op like you gain like I'll get XP from one part of the city and he'll gain that little little bit of XP and like uh, he, he said he doesn't blame me for not jumping back to finish <laughs> it um, he just woke up himself uh-huh. Um but yeah like and I love that you can be in, in totally different places and yeah. unfortunately that is what caused the 30 FPS lock if you were following that discourse so like there's so many smart decisions they made with it but ultimately it still doesn't you know again a, the, the game's not fun to play so or it's not right. it's not a good game so I'm not gonna say it's it is better but that's because I like my boyfriend like right if you right, have right. someone you like I'm sure you'll have fun, more fun with them because of them. And how the would game. you
0: review your boyfriend on the Pendapixels review scale?
1: Uh, five out of five. Five out obviously. of five. Five wow. out of five, man. Don't let it go Janet, to his head. Ha- <laughs> he just left the room. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Janet, how does how does um, Robin's traversal work? And is it is it interesting? Is it Does it feel good? Is it fun?
1: Um, Robin's his secondary, so his prime, everyone has the same primary traversal of like the, Zip-liny what would you thing. call that?
4: The grapple. Like a, the grapple hook. Yeah. The grapple right?
1: Yeah. It's like you zoop up, you know? Um, his secondary is really weird because it's a teleportation device, um, which <laughs> is, like, inherently boring to use. Like, I remember, like, showing the preview footage, like, when I did the preview, it was kind of funny, and they are like, oh, my God, this looks awful. And I'm like, it's not fun, no. But it is useful, um, and it's easier to control than other ones. I think the best secondary traversal, if you're looking for it, would be from Nightwing because he has just um, a little... I'm blanking on the name. God, what glider you call it? Thing? It's like a little... He has a glider, and the yeah. glider never stops. You can ride that thing endlessly. It doesn't have any cooldown. It doesn't have anything. Sounds but good. But I didn't... I I saw... Like, the like my boyfriend played as Nightwing. I didn't really like Nightwing as much. Granted, uh, so... <laughs> the the game is all based on these momentum abilities you have. Like, you have your primary combat, but then as you cha- chain combos, you unlock your momentum ability, uh, which is like a special attack that you can do, and it has cooldowns and stuff. I... Didn't really like his momentum abilities as much. He had stuff like a healing shield and other stuff. Again, maybe would work better in a in a two player thing. But like, he didn't seem to like them that much. But also, I'm like, you know, sit watching him play. I'm like, you know, you gotta use your momentum abilities more. Um, I really like the momentum abilities I had as Robin, and I I love the number one thing I liked about Robin is that you can unlock an ability to do have do takedowns, silent takedowns on heavy enemies, and that was mm-hmm. like super key. So I do think they that is the big stealth differentiator for Mm. Robin specifically. So I really like that. And that's why I was Batgirl for like six hours or something. And then I switched to Robin and then I just like, Oh Robin. So the wheels fell off. So yeah, Robin's cool.
4: Yeah. It's because Batgirl basically has Batman's cape, but, and I don't know if I'm just misremembering the old games, but it does, it doesn't feel as good to me. And part of it is that you move really slow with it. And The other the other big impression thing that I wanted to point out is that bat suck bat cycle sucks so bad. And it's it it, when you when you're driving it at max speed, (laughs) it feels it feels like you're driving it at like the speed limit of Gotham City because (laughs) it's it's like it's it's revving like you're like you're going 100 miles an hour and they put like the speed streaks on the side of the. Yeah. on the side of the screen to it. show that you're going fast but yep. then you are like barely passing taxis on the screen <laughs> like like you can, you can tell that you're going like 30 miles an hour and it makes me wonder if there's like a weird like we can't load the rest of the city fast enough for you to go any faster oh. with these traversal abilities uh, or something because otherwise I don't understand why the bat cycle is so damn
0: slow unless there's like upgrades for it
1: no, there's not upgrades for it. Also, and other Wait. things that I don't like, the cosmetics are sometimes a little um, convoluted. Like, I really want it. You can unlock, like, different colors to the Bat Cycle. But they're, like, super... Like, you like how do you do it? There's nothing in the game tells you. Um, and I think it's from, like, some of the random, like, challenge things that are in the open world. Um, I like the Bat Cycle. Like, I like the feel of the Bat Cycle, at least. But, Jeff, I'm mean, totally right. It actually is going really slow. I never thought about it. And now it's, like, psh, glass shattered. Um, one thing my boyfriend pointed out while he was playing was, too, like... A lot of these little details are missing from the game. Like, when you're riding the bat cycle, like, you're stiff as a board. Like, there's Mm. no movement on, like, your body. There's no, like, anything. You're not, like... And then, too, when you're standing still, he pointed out that it doesn't topple over at all. You're just standing on it. Even Mm. though it's, like... Like, it just stays upright even though you're not moving
0: as the simpsons once said stop stop it's already dead <laughs>
1: please <laughs> God, well if Knights i don't get Reuben. to do this what did i do I this for you know i know what I, mean? like, I, get, what, I totally get I it playing, i cannot imagine I, and i know some of y'all you know tape me because that's just facts but like like i'm like this is for the content like you're right. i'm gonna do right. this and then i'm gonna have a really thorough like i know this game back in the fours i previewed it i reviewed it it's ridiculous. i watched my boyfriend play it like i did this the I, whole through line and I have nothing to do with this information because we're never going to talk about this game again. So. Well, I mean, you can do max spoilers
0: with the community about it or something. Um, you can have people call in. Um, there's some folks in the community that are enjoying it. But, um, okay, Gotham Knights, everybody. Uh, maybe stay away. Probably stay away. Uh, Kyle, did you see the news that Rocksteady's founders left the studio?
3: Yeah, Sefton Hill is out. I didn't read the full letter. Did you read the full note? It's interesting.
0: Yeah. So Rocksteady posts this. Obviously, the originators of the Arkham series are working on Suicide Squad right now. Um, But they—it's an odd letter where it's going on and on about their contributions and they're leaving. And uh, Suicide Squad's in great hands, though. It's looking great, and can talk about the new uh, studio. Uh, leadership and stuff, but then it says, but we should let these people speak for themselves. And then there's like two paragraphs at the bottom of the letter, just real quick, where it's like, it's been an honor. Suicide Squad's looking great. Goodbye. Um, Which is weird, because then like also, at least as of the time of this recording, um, those guys haven't like posted on their own Twitter feed yet. So it is a little bit weird to be like, well, let them speak for themselves. But here's a letter from us first and foremost. So who knows? They'll probably go off and and start a, a new studio. I mean, Sefton Hill, quietly, I think one of the most effective creative directors product wise, you know, like there's definitely don't forget. There's been a lot of uh, stories of Rocksteady not being a wonderful place for women to work for a thousand different reasons. Um, And I'm not pointing fingers directly at them for this or anything, but just something to keep in mind that like, you know, the studio that's had a lot of culture issues that several people at the top, the founders are leaving. Um, Mm, Yeah. And so I'm curious to see where that goes from here, but uh, yeah, it's um, Suicide Squad. I'm curious to see if even the reception if like I heard it's in good hands. (laughs) That's right. But like can they learn anything from Gotham Knights'
1: release? Like it's nice how much timeline. Yeah. Like that's the thing too. Like someone, you know, asked me which this was like a really funny question. And I, and I felt kind of bad for like laughing at it because I know people just don't know. But they like, well, during my preview, they're like, is there anything they can do to like fix like fix some of your complaints before the release? And I'm like, no, it's out in like two weeks. Like, yeah. And, you know, I'm definitely not a development expert. So I don't really know how like all of those timeline works. And obviously you can like push things back. But there's like one of the conversations going around on the internet regarding Gotham Knights and and games like it, or like why games maybe don't come out super hot all the time is like a decision was probably made many years ago and many good people probably worked really hard to even get in the state that it's in. So it's like, I think whatever they have, they have. And hopefully what they have is good.
0: Yeah. We'll see when suicide squad uh, kill the justice league comes out, but all right, there we go. Let's close the bat book. Um, Janet, thank you for being here. Thank you for um, playing through that. Thank you for living the experience that all of us only dream of, of finishing a game like Gotham Knights and wake uping early. Wake uping early.
1: Um, yes, thank you for waking me up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If you ever want me to call you to wake you up in the future, just let me know. It's going to be a fun thing. And wake up
1: call. I was so, so many, I'll talk to you about it later. So many things went through my head. I was like, is someone hurt? What's going on?
0: Oh, God. No, everything's fine. Uh, uh, but thanks for being here, Janet. Do you want to clap out? Mm-hmm. Bye. Kelsey Lewin, welcome to the show. Hi. Nice to have you. Um, God, we could go a thousand different directions. Um, Based on you, you had a tweet, a scathing tweet about the state of the industry the other day, where you just said, hey, we should be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 more. (laughs) And I, I was
5: wondering what you were referencing. Uh, <laughs> that got that got quote tweeted. I realized last night by the voice actor for the main character. Really? You know, like 3. Nice. <laughs> now
0: you see how the Twitter feedback loop works. Because now Kelsey's yeah, going to do nothing s- but talk about. We should talk about Gotham Knights more. We should talk about uh, Saints Row <laughs> more.
5: I'm riding high on that.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, do you think uh, there are? thousands of people listening that are are with you that are screaming that are angry that um i didn't play more than those opening hours which i enjoyed which i enjoyed um what is it what is it about the game that you think we aren't talking about enough without spoiling anything
5: i you know it's just a really long really good rpg so it's never going to get the like Basically, I mean, what I was really referring to is like, this is going to get left out of game of the year discussions because this is a difficult game to invest your time in. Yep. And uh, I I mean, I'll be here. I'll be fighting tooth and nail for it here. Oh, but God. Uh, I, I feel like it's just, you know, like the game awards is probably going to totally snub it kind of thing. Like that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of. Like where yeah. an RPG
3: category,
0: right? Is there an RPG category? I don't know if there is,
5: but that does not always feel like the, like, so that you guys can shut up. Like we moved your category over here. Like, you're not <laughs> yeah. going to be in contention the for game racing. of the year. Exactly. <laughs> right. But we have to like, you know, we have to make sure yeah. that you guys don't feel like no one plays these games.
0: Yeah, I mean, how far are you? Because it's like broke up into chapters, right? Do you have a rough sense of where you're at for this one? I
5: am in chapter six, um, and I am like 70 hours into the game or something like that. But I've been doing a ton of side quests. I don't think it's... And I think there's only one more chapter after this. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, my impression, and we probably talked about it last time we talked about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on the podcast, was like, okay, maybe it's not as long as I was fearing, but then hearing people talk about it on a podcast... I don't know if it's just only the completionists are the ones that are talking about it, but you know, an eight-four podcast. Somebody over there was like, "Oh, you know, I sunk 160 hours into it." And I was like, "Okay, there's, there's just no universe." As much as I would love to spend more time with this game, I think I just have yeah. to admit defeat.
5: I did 150 in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, but that had a lot more like, um, I don't know, that one felt more like I should. Do some like there's a bunch of characters to unlock in that one. Yeah, um, and then in this one there are some characters to unlock, and there's you know basically they designate quests by like a yellow marker, which is like you should probably do this one if you care about this world and the story. Right. Um, and then the blue ones, which are like I don't know, collect some stuff. It's not that important.
0: Yeah. So is the story or the gameplay gripping you more as you continue to blast? Oh, through the, the story. story. I mean,
5: the gameplay. The gameplay is it. It gets better every time in this series, um, but it. In a game that long, it's going to get repetitive.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, Shango Congo in the comments says, I unlocked all of them and it took me 230 hours. So that was Xenoblade Crackles two.
5: 2.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah, I, I gave up on actually completing 2. I was like, this is... It, it became... Because it's 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 like a gotcha game in yeah. a way. And so you get to a point where you're just like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's That's...
0: <laughs> Uh, Charlie Hunter wrote in over on Patreon and said, I'm so happy Kelsey is here to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 more. It's hard for me to talk (laughs) about this game without rambling forever or going full spoiler, so I'll just say it rules game of the year 2022. Also, Kelsey, who is your favorite party member?
5: Uni. Uni. By far. Yeah, she's hilarious. Is she the one with the rings? No, she's... (laughs) You didn't play at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did, but it was <laughs> months ago. We
0: talked about everything that I played through.
5: She's, she's the one with the wings on her head. She's the Antia. Okay, okay. She's the, the sarcastic bitch. She's great. Okay, oh, that sounds
0: good. Uh, and then they ask, what is your favorite combat, Bark? I don't know if that means least favorite oh. inherently. Oh.
5: Oh, no. Okay. I kind of hate all of them at this point. Like, it's too many hours into the game.
0: Alright, yeah, we can't just we can't complain. We're trying to raise up a Xenoblade Chronicles especially after all that yeah. government stock. Um Jeff um, might have you a surprise for us? No, I don't. I <laughs> <You> <laughs> <laughs> I was you, to on you to save you us. S-
4: I didn't you said because I I'm going to start playing it, and you said, "Hey, Kel- you know, Kelsey's been wanting to talk about it, so that would be good to choose it." I didn't realize you meant the next day. I didn't <laughs> realize you meant. You didn't
0: finish podcast. Xenoblade Chronicles three? Come on, man, we're counting uh, yeah. on you,
5: Jeff. I've but, got 70 hours in it. Um, I think you can do that in like four days if you try really hard. If you so, really
0: care like Four years, yeah. Uh,
4: so so. Is this one of those um, JRPGs where it's like, when when does it start getting good?
5: It's is, almost is it like, good. It's yeah. almost immediately. Yep, absolutely. Like, it is, yeah, it doesn't have that, like, the story is immediately interesting, and it gets better. Would it,
4: would, like, streaming, the opening of it be good, or is it? Is
0: it still oh. too much, like... I think it'd be good. It has a pretty action-focused yeah. opening.
5: I mean, there... The beginning of the game has, you know, like tutorials and stuff like any game. And especially since this is a, a uh, you know, I just I look at a screenshot of a battle happening in this sometimes. And I'm like, oh, God, this is a mess. Like yeah. I can read this because i been playing this, but it looks like a mess. So in order to understand all of that nonsense, like it's a little tutorial heavy in the beginning. But other sure. than that, I mean, it, it is immediately a good game.
0: Stream it, Sweet. Jeff, um, stream it. I'll do it, I'll awesome. do it. Um, okay, so you're going to stream that, I'm going to finish Elden Ring, and then Kelsey's going to finish <laughs> Live Alive so we can finally record that Max Spoilers about Live Alive. Okay. All right. And handshaking deal, yep. let's make content. <laughs> blood, blood packed on that. That's right. Um, also, uh, Kelsey, you wanted to talk about the retro game convention was it portland retro is that what it's called
5: yeah yeah i just i don't know i i don't know if that's a thing that this audience cares that much about but since i did start my uh collector corner show here and it seems to be getting um you know pretty decent feedback i just thought i don't know for the people who aren't familiar with retro game conventions maybe a little bit of like what are they and like why should you go why should you care about them
0: yeah totally so Um, portland is it one of the biggest or how would you compare it
5: Portland is, I think it's kind of like the flagship one, which I know is kind of a strange place for being the, the flagship retro game convention. And it it really just comes down to like, that's where the most passionate people happen to be. And they, you know, they, they've been running this convention for, oh gosh, um, 15 ish years plus or minus a little bit. So it's been, it's been quite a while, maybe even a little bit longer, um, the first retro gaming conventions go back to, I'm not joking to 1999, which is kind of wild. That's right? funny. Like <laughs> that there and was now, a concept of retro gaming. Right. In and now 1999, for the retro games. just Atari at that point.
0: Right. Like, right. Was, now you um, can cover the old retro gaming conventions at the new retro gaming conventions. That's how the that yeah, works. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, I mean the people who started that very first one, um, uh, Atari world, I think is what it was originally called. And then it became classic gaming expo. Um, those are the guys that run the National Video Game Museum in Frisco, Texas now. Oh, fun! So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw the uh, Patreon write up over there for the Video Game History Foundation talking about this uh, the Portland thing, where it seems like Pac-Man was kind of the star of the show. Like you all set up a bunch of Pac-Man stuff.
5: Yeah. So um, the Video Game History Foundation does their like little pop-up museum exhibit every year at the show, which is basically they just they just give us a big room um, right across from the convention hall, and we we. Turned it into a little exhibit, Um, and they asked us in 2020 uh, if, for that year, we could do we could celebrate the 40th anniversary of Pac-Man. That year didn't happen, obviously. (laughs) Um, But in 2022, luckily, it's the 40th anniversary of Miss Pac-Man, so we just kind of combined the two, the two concepts. Yeah, they could reuse all the art that they commissioned and all of that stuff. So, (laughs) um, yeah, we I mean, just collect like we have a collection of some stuff. From our archives that we use in that but mostly we're kind of like channeling collectors to uh come up with an exhibit that uses like i don't i don't want to be the biggest pac-man collector in the world that's expensive so i'm you know we use some of the people that already have huge collections and then you know to tell the story of pac-man through uh through words and artifacts and um I, videos and that sort of thing.
0: I would like to meet the Pac-Man community because it's like, okay, is this just a bunch of Mitchell? What's that guy's name? The high score guy. Help me out. Billy. Billy, Billy Mitchell types. Are,
5: is it a bunch of Billy Mitchell? Well, it's like, I I, I, I'm not. trying to understand because
0: oh it's all like, <laughs> you can't really get into the lore. So they just are so into the gameplay, but not specifically the high score chasing, just collecting Pac-Man merch. Like that is such a specific niche. I don't know what that fan looks like really.
5: I'd say, I mean, it's, the first video game mascot character to really take off, you know? Like, it's the first yeah. game to really have a, uh... Like, a real mascot. So, it's the first one that started getting merch in a major way. Um,
0: and I guess, like, it was the first with cutscenes, right? Doesn't Miss Pac-Man technically have that distinction?
5: Yeah, I don't... I, I, I struggle with firsts. I think so. Okay. But, right. but like, then it's confusing because- You can cause... always find like some guy in a lab who did it first kind right. of thing. And
0: then Ron Gilbert <laughs> from LucasArts technically invented the word cutscene, So it's like, it's, it's all, right. all over the place for, for firsts <laughs> in that arena. Um, were there, you said there were like, um, or the post said that there were original developers of Ms. Pac-Man at the show?
5: Yeah, yeah. Kevin Curran and uh, Steve Golson um, who were some of the people. I don't know if you know any Ms. Pac-Man history, but it was uh, some MIT people, not Japan had nothing to do with Japan. It was uh, some guys out of MIT who were making conversion kits for arcade machines that were like, okay, our our Missile Command machine has gotten kind of stale. People aren't really playing it anymore. It's like, well, what if we made it harder? And then it's like, you know, an extreme version of Missile Command and they would sell that to arcades. And then, um, so that's what Ms. Pac-Man started as, was just uh, like, let's, and, and it is a, you know, a faster version of, of pac-man um, right. but yeah they were like we will make a conversion kit for pac-man and uh then you can turn your pac-man machine that's like maybe lagging a little bit into like this exciting new pac-man machine
0: and sorry you don't need to give the full history um although you're good at doing it but like the uh, the crazy auto i know that isn't yeah. that the name was that the name for the conversion that was and the original
5: was- yeah the the original conversion kit and then namco was like why don't we work together um I don't think it happened exactly like that, but eventually they worked with Namco and they came up with uh, with Miss Pac-Man instead of uh, an entirely new Pac character.
0: But then the rights for that, just there wasn't enough paperwork or something, so now Miss Pac-Man is just kind of lost in the void of time because oh, we have to go with Pac-Mom or whatever? The,
5: no, the licensing rights of Miss Pac-Man are are crazy because at games owns some of the license and there's still royalties that have to be paid out to like kevin Kran for using miss pac-man and oh, um i i think i think the actual like the closer to the truth explanation is Namco's just like that's annoying and expensive and i don't want to touch it
0: so please pac mom <laughs> everybody but then like in all these pac-man <laughs> <laughs> collections like miss pac-man isn't included but then hang yeah, on yeah
5: because i because there's still licensing that they have to pay out, uh, licensing and royalties they have to pay out to, like, other people. So I think they're just avoiding doing that because
0: so you're weird. still going to
5: buy the Namco collection if you're going to buy the Namco collection.
0: Yeah. Um, so what are these conventions like for you? Um, are there a lot of folks that are coming you can kind of just make the case for the Video Game History Foundation again and again?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a space to, like, do something that provides value to this show and then also just kind of be there to explain what we do and answer questions and that sort of thing. So we just have a little, a little booth set up inside the museum to um, basically just be stationed at and talk to people all weekend. Yeah. Um, but as for someone who's just like a fan of retro games, there's so much at these conventions. Maybe I mean, maybe not at all of them. Like I said, Portland's kind of like the flagship one, but um, you know, huge vendor hall. So if you are into kind of browsing retro games and seeing, rare stuff on the floor um or just you know there's a little bit of a sort of artist alley thing there too um it's a fun little vendor hall but if you're not into game collecting and you just kind of like retro games um they have a huge free play arcade um set up with pinball and all kinds of machines and stuff um and then they always have a bunch of really really good uh panels and talks like they'll have um developers going all the way back to the Atari days and, and kind of everything in between that'll just talk about, you know, their experience and you can just raise your hand and ask them whatever questions you feel like. Um, and then like YouTubers and that sort of thing too. So it'll be, it's a good mix of like historically interesting and like guy I like on the internet.
0: Yeah. All right. Can you give us top three retro conventions in the U S at least?
5: Oh, Oh, that's so hard. rank Um, them
0: Definitively. (laughs)
5: I don't want to rank them. You dependable. have to, I'm Port- sorry. Portland is my favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, I really enjoyed Midwest Gaming Classic um, that I went to earlier this year. Is that
0: Wisconsin?
5: That is in Wisconsin, okay. yeah. You guys could totally go.
0: I know, I should. We should next year for sure. Yeah. Wh- when is it normally?
5: Oh, May-ish, I think, April or May.
0: Great, we're there. Kyle? Yeah. Book a flight. We're going to Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> and then?
5: Uh, I, I, mm. I really don't know. Um hmm. I'm gonna hurt so many feelings because right. I've been I've been to so many of these and they're gonna be like, you didn't pick mine. What okay, I'm gonna hurt. I'm gonna say oh, one feelings. That, I'm gonna say one that I actually haven't been to because I just keep hearing it's the best one, which is uh Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Hmm. Okay. Um it's inside of the museum of of aerospace and flight or something like that. And so they'll have oh, like weird. Like lunar lander set up next to a lunar lander. Like that's (laughs)
0: good. And they can talk about like space war and stuff. Oh, that's that's perfect.
5: I, I really want to go to that one. That's like one of the few I haven't been to. Um I think almost all of them are worth going to, but if you're not sure, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or something, and I'll tell you if, if that one's the dud. Uh, <laughs> we don't we don't have a Seattle Retro Gaming Expo anymore, but that one was uh, not doing so hot oh, really? towards the end there.
0: So. That's a bummer.
5: I'll be honest with you.
0: All right. Appreciate it. Um, Hey, Kyle, do you know what is doing hot?
3: The, is, it, uh, is it the website where people subscribe right. to Right.
0: Warmer. Warmer. If you're watching the video version, it's in the lower hand, right-hand side of the screen. Is it Patreon? That's right! Patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Thank you, everybody, for checking out that website. That is how we exist. That is how this show has existed and continued to grow for three years. It's what allowed us to bring on more voices like Kelsey Lewin. Uh, so please go there. Find the tier that's right for you. And please help thank some of our bigger supporters, people like Leo games they want everybody to know about Ahoy! Which is a new tabletop game technically shipping in November but Ahoy! It's a game of seafaring and smuggling (laughs) Jeffem! Nice. This is from the... Thank <laughs> you. The alley they call it. Uh, but this is from the creators of Root, which is one of the most beloved games, and it's very well known for an asymmetrical design, and that's the, very much the cool thing about Ahoy as well, where it's a more accessible version of a game like Root, but the idea is you can play two to four players. Two players, you're controlling the seas, controlling territory, it's a pirate game, right? Smuggling, all this good stuff, and then the third and fourth player, as you add them, they are smuggling stuff around the map, which changes the values of the territory that the first. First two people are controlling the art is fantastic please check it out we've given out copies each and every week throughout the month thanks to leader games for supporting us in a big way and so we have one more copy of ahoy to give out only for folks in the us i'm very sorry but follow minmax on twitter at minmax show and we will have a tweet that you could retweet to win a copy of ahoy so please help support them there's a link below if you want to check out that tabletop game um hey kyle Yes. Have you ever heard of Raycon? No. Jeffrey, have you ever heard of Raycon? Of course I have, but
4: you should tell everyone else.
0: That's right. Well, their copy starts with, You've probably heard of Raycon, which are the headphones, everybody. The headphone company. Ah. They say in the five years since Raycon's launch, they've become known for a few things all-day comfort, a perfect fit, an impressive battery life, and of course, premium sound at affordable prices. Which is why we're excited to share that a new player has entered the game. They want everybody to know about Raycon's gaming series. They ship these things out. So gaming earbuds, which uh, crack that open, put them in, immediately, I was struck. I just I have like the um I thought there were the nice like Apple earbuds or whatever and then just blasting these is like oh there can actually be like bass in earbuds like it sounds so much better. It's like okay, even for podcasts Kyle, you can listen to our voices, but it'll just blast into your ears. And I hear that also music will play out of these. Uh, But then also they have the gaming headphones as well, which I really put them through their paces. So I got this thing and then I played Gotham Knights with them and then jumped immediately over to like the big official Sony headset as well. I was like, oh, these sound great. It's nice to have like the high-end comparison ready to go. But Raycon, everybody, uh, they have those two different options. They want you to know that it can seamlessly pair with all major platforms with the click of a button, which is true. I was very impressed hooking up to PS5. I was like, oh, that is just right there, ready to go. Um, They say the optimized gaming mic focuses on your voice and blocks out noise. And you can use these for music and podcasts, of course, in addition to gaming. But uh, yeah, starting up or just opening these up, the earbuds. Cow, guess what the battery life is on these suckers? 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Nay, 31 hours, 31 hour battery life. It is ridiculous. Um, I was really impressed by that. Yeah, and then the, uh, the gaming headphones as well. The nice thing, it has like the retractable mic So you can pull it out and then push it back in when you're not using it and stuff. So you don't have some dangly thing around there. It lights up, it's got all this funky stuff, but it sounds great. Raycon, everybody, you can check it out. There's a link below. Uh, And they say, as always, you can get a 30 day Raycon happiness guarantee with free shipping and returns, no questions asked. And they want everybody to know that you can go to buyraycon.com minmax today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. You'll also get $20 off Raycon's gaming earbuds or $10 off their gaming headphones. It's buyraycon.com slash minmax to score 15% off and even more savings raycon.com slash minmax, everybody. Plus, in October, they have a special pricing so you can get up to $20 off. There's discounts up the wazoo, there's links below. You can use the promo code minmax to get even more off. And thank you to our supporters, our old friends, I'm 8 bit they want everybody to know about Garbage Pail Kids, Mad Mike, and the Quest for Stale Gum. This is an I'm 8 bit exclusive cartridge. This game is out now. It is out on many platforms, but the cool thing about this is it's actually released on an old NES cartridge as well, which functions. All these fake indie developers that are making like these throwback games. is actually making a game that you can literally run on an old NES. So you can play the old Garbage Pail Kids game, which is new, but designed to look like a throwback. And it's very funky. So you can check that out, everybody. It is out now. Giant Bomb's Drew Scanlon is a producer on this game. It's got a cool pedigree. I'm looking forward to checking it out. And you can go to it's wonderful online store and you can use the promo code Serial Monsters. Serial Monsters for 10% off of everything under $100. No space in that and cereal as in breakfast. So please check that out and help support IM8Bit uh, by following the link below because they support us in a big way and the community in a big way by shipping out a prize each and every week to whoever submits the best question over on Patreon. So this week, whoever submits the best question over on Patreon, and you can submit a question if you're even at the $2 tier even over on Patreon, but uh, whoever submits the best one this week is winning We Are OFK on PS five, a physical version of We are OFK, which is very cool. All right, Kyle, ready to go? I'm ready. Great, you want to read the first question?
3: Uh, the first question is are you uh, actually pulling something for this? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> what games are you scared to start? <laughs> I don't know who I don't know who to attribute these to or anything.
0: Yeah, you're good. Hey, you got there, man. Uh, no, of course it's Nate Dog. Kyle, come on, man. Uh, Nate Dog says, "Hey, Ben and crew. The near photorealistic depictions of Amsterdam in the new Call of Duty lit up the internet earlier this week. Growing up, I distinctly remember being similarly wowed by the promotional materials of games like Command and Conquer, Unreal, and Max Payne. Am I nuts? Do any of you have any memories of thinking this is as good as it gets for video game graphics? If so, what were the games?"
5: I think it's I have a commercial. I have a good story for this one Please. just for this exact crowd which is um Game Informer's coverage of Final Fantasy 10. Ooh. I, I remember opening that magazine and there was some line in there about how they had animated hair, like they had I don't think it was literal like individual hairs, but yeah. it was like they had animated like, you know, individual hair pieces or something and I was just like, well that's that's it. We've I don't. <laughs> where do you go from individual yeah. hairs? I There's mean, we've, we've solved gaming, so that's. No, um,
0: that's it's so. <laughs> it's so funny to think back on Final Fantasy X, where it's like maybe hair was moving a little bit. Like I guess Yuna's hair in the cutscenes cut did scenes. look really good. It's the
5: cutscenes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay.
0: Because I think beyond Anyways, that. It's Game basic.
5: Informer convinced me that uh, that was as that was as good as it was going to get.
0: God, which magazine was it? Was it PC? gaming that had that um, on the cover, it's like, yes, this is a real screenshot oh, from like, Unreal <laughs> Tournament. Unreal, yeah. right. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like the yeah. jankiest like, thing you've ever seen in your life. I think for me, the first mind blower was like, I think this might be as good as we can get, was PS2, launch. the launch of PS2 playing Tekken Tag Tournament. And specifically, it was the lighting on like the wooden floorboards in Tekken Tag Tournament, I was like, I cannot imagine anything looking better than that. And um, I may be stubborn, but I stand by it. Uh, Tekken Tag Tournament is still the number one best looking game ever made. So,
3: I mean, that generation in particular, I feel like was when that was like the last, maybe not the last, I guess, but like the huge, the biggest jump, you know, to go from like, 32 and 64 up to like PS2 and GameCube and Xbox like well Smash yeah. Brothers Melee was one which is not a you know a realistic looking game but just I was like yeah this looks incredible you know a, a Resident Evil remake and stuff like that
0: yeah or even thinking of like I mean remember when we first saw Brawl and you could like see the texture of denim on the Mario model in Brawl I was like oh my God look what the Wii can do <laughs> now it's yeah. just it's rough
4: uh, well, my answer is even
0: older um, and I think I may have. St-
4: Shared this story before, but um, when Donkey Kong Country came out, because they made such a big deal about like they, you know, 3D modeled the the characters or whatever, and yeah. then turned that into you know super bad sprites or whatever. Um, my cousins were over, and one of my cousins had to borrow his brother's glasses just to stare. Like he, he took his he took his brother's glasses <laughs> and put them on. And he stared at the screen because those sprites were so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> bah, bah. Which also just raised a lot of questions of like, wait, are you blind all other times that you're? You can see. In, how does how does your brother's prescription work with your eyes? That's just
0: confusing. This story's full of holes. Uh, Virgil B writes in and it says, "I'm slowly tripping away at Horizon Zero Dawn and I find myself hesitant to outright destroy some of the machine animals I come across. Seems like they're just there I don't have a real reason to fight them. Meanwhile, I see a behemoth in Final Fantasy. It's getting killed on sight." Are there some enemies that give you pause before fighting them? Do enemy designs ever have an effect on your willingness to fight them?
5: Uh, dogs. I never want to kill it. Yeah, exactly. It's you never want dogs. to kill a dog. Dogs.
3: The yeah. dogs and ghosts of Tsushima I always felt really bad about. They're like these big bear-like. They're big, fluffy, bear-looking dogs. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to hit you with a sword. It's, they're it's too nice.
0: cute. Yeah.
5: I feel like sort of uh, Earthbound and Earthbound-inspired Kind of enemies are always a weird one too. It's like you're beating someone up because they're like a, a hippie. I don't, you know, it's just like <laughs> a guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't ask questions about it. Yeah, you could call your parents and ask for advice. Yeah, but they're going to say you need to go around town and just beat up the hippies. You know how the game is played. <laughs> Jeff, um, what about you? Are you just a cold-blooded killer? You can tell no, us if it's you are. Dogs, I, dogs.
4: I try to avoid the dogs as as much as I can. Usually most animal creatures, although some of like some of them are passive too, which I I never enjoy hunting. Yeah.
0: Kinda. It's
4: like I don't I don't want to do it unless I need the resources and then I'm just going to you know, like the buffaloes, I'm just gonna wipe out everything
0: right. on the map. Well I remember you just played Shadow of the Classes for the first time too long ago. I'm trying to remember like how guilty were you feeling about taking those down? Do they count as animals or are they too much stone and moss?
4: Uh I
0: mean if I didn't know kind of like the
4: entire thrust of the game. Right, and, right. And it, it, it I mean, it's, it's very contrived in that game. Like, I know what you're doing to me, so I don't feel quite as bad as you want me to feel bad. Right, you want to come but to it naturally.
0: Like, you want to have your own epiphany about it. Yeah, I it. yeah. Uh, Connor writes in and says, this question is specifically for Ben, so if everybody else could just be quiet a little bit, I'd appreciate it. Um, Age of Mythology Remaster. Very exciting times for the Age of Mythology dorks this week. They announced Age of or Mythology. <laughs> That's right. Age of Mythology Retold. It was during the Age of Empires 25th anniversary live stream, and it was just kind of a CG trailer. And it's like the entire Age series is in such a weird spot that as this trailer was unfolding, it was just every nightmare scenario was rolling through my head of like, is this going to be like some MOBA? Is this going to be some mobile game? Is this going to be a card thing? How are they going to blow it?
5: It's NFTs.
0: Yeah, Age of Mythology is now an NFT. Everybody, please buy it. Uh, no, so it seems like it is just the definitive edition of Age of Mythology, which they re-released on Steam back in 2016, I think, which was amazing to have like a new player base and a rejuvenation of that game because it was getting pretty long in the tooth uh, for the original version. And now this is going to be like what they did for Age of Empires 2 of like, hey, we made the water look better and improve the physics and all this stuff. We're going to do that for Age of Mythology, which, Kyle, I don't know if you're aware of this, is actually one of the greatest games of all time.
3: I've never heard that from anyone, that I talk to you on a weekly basis.
0: Would you, would you ever play Age of Mythology with me, Kyle? Could I teach you the ropes on an RTS like that? It's just a good time. You like mythology? You're Mr. God of War. You can play the Greek. You can play the Norse. You're, you're primed. You're ready to go.
3: That's what I like about God of War, yeah. just the references. Yeah. You're obsessed <laughs>
0: with those gods. Uh, anyways, yeah, no release on that it, thing, but I'm very excited for it.
4: I was going to say, if anyone wants to see, uh, you know, like professional example of faking it they should right. watch our reaction to that stream that we recorded yesterday because people told you about it in our new show plus and you were like okay let's let's film a reaction to it wait and, uh, wait are you serious
0: that is not how that went out at all you, it's check out the archive for new show plus so it was, we're doing a new show plus we're playing dreams and then at the end people were like age of empires 20th anniversary you should watch the stream oh, yeah, you should watch yeah. the stream so i didn't know what it was going to be I was like, "Oh, Age of Empires no, is I'm on Xbox." No, I'm saying my reaction to it, Hanson. Oh. I don't know what Age of Mythology is. I thought you were saying they told me what the announcement was, and I was faking it. No, oh, I was no, okay, no. It was me being as polite as possible and and Someday. trying not to
4: not to harsh your buzz with. What is Age of Mythology? Someday,
0: the world should. Someday, I'll get everybody into it. It'll be great. Um, Jared R. Meyer, and I know when that day is. It's when Age of Mythology Retold comes out that we can do the deepest dive. Um, But Jared R. Meyer writes in and says, Hey, everyone, I don't really have a question today so much as a grievance. This is a good place to submit your grievances, Uh everybody. Um, The Pokemon Company revealed a new Pokemon named Grievard. If you haven't already, please do yourself a favor and look up this best of the boys. Quote, paying it even the slightest bit of attention will make it so overjoyed that this dog-like Pokemon will follow you anywhere, says Pokemon's official website. Quote, however, don't play with it too long because Grievard will slowly and inadvertently drain the life force of those around it. What kind of monkey pot nonsense is this?
3: Yeah, that's tough, Jared. I love those uh, Pokemon descriptions that are just, like, qu- quietly very dark. You know, they only get, like, two or three sentences, but they get a lot of darkness out of some of those. Yep, it
0: feels like
5: a, a lot throwback. of ghost Pokemon. They, like, steal children and, yeah, you know, yeah, steal your life force through your dreams and Wear stuff. Wear their mother's a...
0: skulls. Well, yeah, right? yeah. Kind of you, it seems like it'd be one of those things that would, like, fade with time with Pokemon and that all the Pokedex entries should just be, like... They're cute. You can collect them. But I love that they're keeping up that streak of like, no. Some are just weird and dark and messed up. If you really want to read the fine text on the uh, what's happening here. Uh, Kelsey, scale of one to ten, how much are you looking forward to Violet and Scarlet? Where are you at these days?
5: Um, like a seven, and I think it's just because it's very. It feels very close. Like Arceus wasn't that long ago, mm. you know. So I'm, I'm just kind of like push it back like six or seven months and i'd be higher on that on that Mm. tier list but yeah i don't know i i will play it i don't know if i'm gonna be like super excited just ravenously devouring it
0: yeah yeah it's weird i mean it comes out in a couple weeks it's weird to think about uh let's see rock breach breathe knock says hey what games are you scared to start because you know you'll get obsessed with them and not want to do anything else Mine uh, are anything from From and Persona
3: Five, which is now on Game Pass. Hey, that's true. Any- I have um the I'm 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 currently playing God of War. I believe I can say. I, I think I'm saying that. Easy. Uh, but I I I really want to start the Resident Evil Eight DLC. But I'm like I can't. I yeah. got I gotta wait on that because like I'm really excited to see what happens in that DLC. Like if you finished Village, like it's it's kind of wild where the DLC is going.
0: Yeah, I saw somebody, I forget who it was on Twitter, they said that that 8 DLC, which we'll probably talk about next week, um, but they said that there's a section in it that's scarier than like the second area from Resident Evil Village, which is wow. shocking. Okay. I'm really curious to hear. Yeah,
3: I don't want to start it and stop it, right? I just want to like do it all in, in one go.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Does anybody else have one they're scared to start?
5: Final Fantasy 14.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a one. great one. <laughs> absolutely
5: i mean most mmos but especially that one just because of how many people are begging me to play it i'm like i know that the fact that you know that this is gonna consume my life like (laughs) is terrifying
3: to me sarah's fine she's still a functional member of society she's still mostly
0: human i think (laughs) um i've had that actually recently with a marvel snap like, uh, everyone's screaming about Marvel Snap. You know, we had a Discord channel created about it. Um, Gaza Garage even wrote in and said, I know there are a lot of games right now that are out, but Marvel Snap, everybody. It's here and it's great, and it's not getting enough love. I've never been into a deck builder game before this one, but it has its hooks in me real bad. And that kind of falls in that camp of like, yeah, best case scenario, I play it and then get, quote unquote, addicted to it. Like, I don't know if that's a tempting thing. I've dabbled. I'm going through the tutorial, Jeff. but I don't think it's quite locked me in, but are you sucked into that thing? No, I've I've kind of
4: I preemptively have stopped playing it. Really? For those reasons because I because I feel like I'm going to get to the point where there's a paywall of some sort, it, it, yeah. which may not
0: even be in yet. I don't think so. But you know what's so. going to
4: come. You know they're going to patch it in with I some don't, update or something.
0: I think they're banking on, you know, even what they push in the tutorial, of like, oh, you can upgrade your cards and get like a 3D or basically a shiny version of them. And you seem like a logical fella that'd be immune to worrying about having a 3D Hulk card.
4: Yeah, I know... <sighs> Part of it, I think, and I don't want to, you know, rain on anybody else's parade. It's great. Enjoy the games you want. But I've gotten to a point where I don't. Philosophically, I I just don't want to play games that are designed for whales. Even if I'm not a whale myself, I don't like I don't like whale games.
0: Okay, and
4: I, I feel like this. I don't know if it is. I don't know. It if seems the like it's not. Everyone buying who- every customization that they can get or whatever. But like that's that's still the that's still the model for it of like we're going to give you as many microtransactions as you want to buy, knowing that some people are
0: just going to buy every single one of them. Yeah, people in the backstage pass tier are screaming. It's all cosmetics, though. Even that, still cosmetic whales freaks you out. Yeah, I I
4: I think it, it just it preys on some people who have a we we like to. We like to blame whales for their own behaviors, I, I think, is, is what we do as a society. And for me, it falls into the same kind of situation as gambling, where some people can't help it, and, but when it, comes to, when it comes to whale games, we're just okay with it. And we say, oh, well, you, you don't have to do that. And we don't really acknowledge that the game is designed to make you want to do that. And for some people, that's a really hard our thing i know i'm not going to change like everyone's minds or change how game design works but for me personally i just i'd rather not not you know those
3: i I totally appreciate that perspective like especially with like loot boxes and that kind of thing people i feel like kind of dismiss them but i'm like there's like a a moral issue here that i feel like sometimes we kind of bypass yeah um, and and, like i i don't buy
4: them and i don't have a problem with that and it's I understand people I understand people from that perspective of like well you don't have to buy it and it's it's easy not to buy it but for some people it really isn't and I don't like that when when like developers talk about that there have been ones that are very open of like yeah like this game is funded by by like some people who spend a ton of money on it and that just kind of makes me that makes me worry about those people like like it it's it's not just it's not just millionaires who are like, yeah, I don't care. I have all the money. Like, I'm having a super fun time. Like, for some people, that is a straight-up addiction that they struggle with, and it causes problems for them. And I don't, personally speaking, I don't think that should be an economic model for game development.
3: Yeah. This one has the Hulk in it, though.
0: Yeah. and it's, Snap! In lighter news, there's a bird on Kelsey's shoulder, and it looks really cool. Uh, I not been Where would that bird come from?
5: <laughs>
4: I missed
0: it. he
5: has been here the whole time. Oh my god. It's, oh my god. It's normally just a, a tail cuz he's kind of like, you uh, know, Wow. Kind of cuddling in there. You he hurt his leg, bed. so he's been doing a lot of just cuddling lately.
0: That's cute. Uh, yeah, I I do been to Raidson and says miss joke opportunity. Um, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. On the previous episode of the Minmex show when discussing the Silent Hill news from last week, Kyle mentioned that Bloober Team has the blueprints to make a very cool game. Missing the opportunity to say they have the blueprints, prints. And Kyle, I don't know if you'd like to formally apologize for not saying blue prints, yeah. but
5: I feel I'm like you've been so on action. top you've been so on top of making sure there aren't misjoke joke opportunities yeah. and they still they still happen. <laughs> they squeak like, in. I just can't
3: catch
0: them you, all. You've
5: been doing a good job. I just want to recognize thank
0: you so much. I've been interrupting that. so many people on this podcast just to try and work in any possible <laughs> pun, just so nobody will <laughs> yell at us in in the future episodes, but it's just not enough. <laughs> Uh, Ampex Infinite writes in and says, Last week was the worst time for Ben, period. No, the worst time for Ben to mix up Observer and Observation, two different games. Right after talking about Bloober Team games, he said that no code made Stories Untold and Observer. It's funny how both those teams ended up working on Silent Hill games. So Observer and Observation are two different games, and now both those studios went on to make Silent Hill games, which is just... uh, asking for everybody to get super confused but yeah that uh,
4: sounds like the plot of a future Silent Hill game I'm yep just you've you've gone back to a town where two developers work on similarly <laughs> titled games and you just stop and they Jeff just send you back and forth come
0: on I know it's Halloween but I'm scared day. I'm scared you gotta stop talking seriously <laughs> uh eric reitz writes in and says hello crew better quest goal alert lately i found myself way too pressed for time to get anything done outside of the normal daily responsibilities i really want to make time for writing and staying more present-minded so to find that extra time i'm going to wean myself off of the nightmare that is twitter the goal by the end of next month is to get down to a healthy 10 minutes a day does that sound like too much um that sounds great 10 minutes a day good goal that seems that seems solid I always get dinged by this by having timers on Twitter, but then for like, there's a lot of just basic businessy stuff that happens in like DMs on Twitter and stuff. So having that timer when I'm trying to send a DM is like the most stressful thing because <laughs> like now I'm going to get locked out. So I have to write my messages like in Google Docs time, then copy and paste them over like a dweeb. Uh, but way to go, Eric. Yeah, get rid of Twitter, please. It's it's just more and more exhausting every day. I don't know if I'm just getting older or the discourse is changing or I follow the wrong people. But no, every it's getting t- worse good lord kyle once
4: elon musk owns it it's gonna be so much then it's gonna be supercharged (laughs) going to the
0: moon baby uh kyle do you get bummed out from twitter
4: Mm -hmm. yes everyone gets bummed out from twitter that that's like built into
3: the platform i think okay i do have a very like i don't i don't scroll the main feed much like i look at what did people react to what i say let me check my DMs. i see you know I don't I don't really look at what's trending and stuff yeah. and that that's a decent way to approach it but are, so.
5: are those all pleasant? People are nice to you?
3: Yeah, I guess I'm pretty lucky that way or I just don't say anything really egregious or offensive that yeah. would make people get upset.
0: You just do the games are awesome tweet every 4 months. Um yeah. the coward's way out on Twitter. Kelsey, do you get a lot of hate on Twitter? You you're you're a bigger person on there?
5: Uh, uh you know, I get I'm always surprised by what ends up um, upsetting people. Like, and it's not like this was the vast majority or even a a tiny, you know, like, it wasn't that many people. But, like, the tweet you referenced earlier where I was just like, I just feel like people should be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. There are some (laughs) people really
0: angry. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What angle? Well, maybe if
5: it wasn't such a long game and it switches a terrible console, and maybe if you did something better with your life. And I'm like, okay.
3: (laughs) All things that you have direct control over. (laughs) It's just, yeah, I mean, I know.
0: I
5: like a video game.
0: (laughs) I know uh, people on Twitter complain a lot, and, uh, you know, internet celebrities complain a lot, but just every once in a while, I just dare you. Just look at the replies to. A Jason Trier tweet, any of them. Look at the replies to like an Ed Boon tweet, and just get some sense of like people at that caliber and what they have to deal with every day. I mean, Jason Trier is just, you know, what he tweeted about. I don't remember what some innocuous thing, and he just like was sharing a bunch of examples of like, yeah, hey, you're just four people saying Jews should die after I tweeted out about the release date of this game. It's like it's just their oh standard Christ. thing. What are you gonna do? Um, Joran says, Yo, Max crew. Uh, I just tried Truff which is spicy truffle sauce for the first time, and it was really good. I've never heard of that, but that sounds great. Um, what are your go-to sauces and dips? Side note, extra hugs for Kelsey. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Um, go-to sauces and dips. I like your good a good honey a, mustard.
5: Oh, that's what I was going to say. Really? Really? have yeah. the same taste in liquids? <laughs> is, is sauce a liquid? Sauce liquid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Oh, big time. Does yeah. this count as um it's Like a slime. Does wasabi... That's a sauce, right? Would you count that as a sauce or a dip? It's like a paste. So, yeah, paste? Just, yeah. Can I lump that See, in Are you here? mixing
5: right. it into soy sauce and, like, making mm, a wasabi? Maybe
0: I should be, but this is, I don't know, where my thought went to, Whereas like, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I just had that epiphany of, like, wait... I love wasabi. I am delighted every time I'm dying from eating too much wasabi. I think it's just yeah. it's fun. It doesn't hurt the same way as other spicy things. Like it fades so quickly. It feels like a mm-hmm. mint for your nose. Um, then I was like, I could just buy this. I forgot. And so I'm now <laughs> delighted to have just a big tube of wasabi in my fridge and I can just put it on everything. And then, you know, I mean, my wife just looks at me confused as I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> like joking at the dinner table. And delighted. It's so good. It's uh. so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> Uh, sausage dips. What else did we miss, Jeff? What do you got? Uh, nothing. 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 <laughs> you I don't no, like I a mean, sauceless
4: life. <laughs> <laughs> I put I when I when I eat buffalo wings, I dip them in
0: ranch. Isn't that exciting?
5: <laughs> uh,
0: Uncharted Wolf Red and says massive thanks to Kelsey for having me on Collector Corner, uh, the first community guest on that show. There we go.
5: Thanks for being on.
0: Yeah. Uh, enjoyed that last episode, Kelsey. That was fun. Uh, Collector Corner, if you you missed it, this is our uh, limited series run uh, with Kelsey hosting, just showing off amazing game collections from around the industry, and then also from the community. We highlight uh, somebody new each and every week. It has to be a Patreon supporter, though, so if you have an amazing collection, you can jump in there, and there might be a good opportunity to show off stuff in the future. Um, Have you learned anything doing that show so far, Kelsey? Have you had an epiphany?
5: An epiphany? Um, I I feel like I'm learning every week, like, learning kind of the rhythm and the um you know what what's interesting to talk about and how can i get people to say something interesting about (laughs) so you know like not that they're not doing it but like how can i sort of help as the as the interviewer of sorts
0: yeah and it's it's a um, tough show i've
5: had an epiphany i've just i've just been learning
0: yeah it's kind of a tough show because it's like i mean you had chris kohler on the list episode and everyone was saying hey let the show go for four hours because it is like at some point we have to cut it off because showing off an entire mega collectors like that all of their details of their collection it's impossible uh but yeah it's, it's been fun you can check it out on our youtube channel everybody um adam cohen writes in says hey crew uh i was watching bluey recently with my son it's a kid's cartoon kyle and jeff will know what i'm talking about do you all know bluey
3: i i kind of missed bluey actually oh really
0: yeah. i know
5: about him because he's got like adhd or something and so it's been like i think that's sort of the premise of the show is that oh, it's really? like for neurodivergent kids supposed to be very good huh. Heard nothing
3: but good things about it all yeah. right um i
0: love that the parents in the show are not only funny but also really good parents conversely i get really annoyed when shows or movies have characters be bad parents just for a cheap laugh uh what's a character detail you enjoy or dislike in fictional characters that's a broad question. You got one, Jeff? i answer
3: this one.
4: I have a terrible one. See, we, you just post the questions, what do you and want? we don't get like the good, the good answers. So yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I like ranch dressing. I can, I could answer that one, and then it, it just sucks. I, my answer for that one because I was playing Gotham Knights is Batgirl, when she's, you know, her normal self, she has her shirt tucked halfway in, and I hate that.
0: You hate half-tucks? Yeah, I, and I think it goes
4: back to stupid Nathan Drake, yep. and, I, and it was yep. like, oh, this is the greatest design ever because of his shirts. Who walks around with a shirt halfway <laughs> tucked in? It's do do just uncomfortable.
0: It is uncomfortable. How do you feel about Yuffie from Final Fantasy VII and how she has, like, her short shorts... Unbuttoned and like half zipped down. Does that also no. fall into your wardrobe malfunction? I mean, okay. if she just ate a Thanksgiving turkey, okay. She did. But she I'm did. guessing that's not the situation. That's her level three <laughs> limit. I don't know break, what happened before yeah. she
5: showed up. Um, I mean, that's like the least egregious of Final Fantasy outfit blunders, though, right? Yeah. I mean, like it, everyone's wearing so many belts, and yeah,
0: and also if eco Iko, Iko, I don't know how you pronounce your name, but Final Fantasy Nine, it's like this little girl, and it's like. I think if I remember correctly, they made her wear like it looks like she's not wearing pants and it's like a really poor choice. Like if she's wearing skin tight pants or whatever, like make them something other than flesh colored because it's unnerving. Uh, mine was going to be much more innocent than talking about Jeff's gross clothing thought. Uh, but uh, this is just it was in my mind uh, because I just uh, finished, you know, Return to Monkey Island not too long ago. And I love that Guybrush and Elaine, they're married in that game. Um, And they just have like a very sweet marriage and you just occasionally run into each other and Guybrush is just like all right Love you dear and she's like love you and it's like there's no drama It is just like a healthy loving marriage and like you don't really see that in games very often, but it's very sweet in that game Uh, Blackjack writes in says hey Ben and Kelsey. Uh, I'm sorry everybody else Um, you all manage small businesses uh, so you're technically managers Confusing, but sure. Do you ever think of yourself as a manager? And do you think anything to do you do anything to actively improve your management abilities? All right, really throwing you in the deep end. I feel like this is a confusing one because we don't really have employees at MinMax. It's just like contractors. So the idea of like the manager thing, I think that's a cop out to be like, well, I'm not a manager. But it's like with contractors, I feel like it's murky, right?
5: I still feel like you are, it, like, you might not be a, a boss, but you're still a manager.
3: Okay,
0: so i in it works?
5: charge
3: of, like, sorting out what works best for everybody.
4: Sure. You called Janet and
0: woke her up this morning. <laughs> what,
3: how's that number? <laughs> oh, Anna? you should have heard that voicemail I left and said, if you do
0: this one more time, Garcia, I swear to God. Garcia. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, how you doing on the management front?
5: I mean, I think I I think I think literally am. Yeah. Right? yeah I mean, yeah, I. Yeah, I, yeah, I, for sure. <laughs> i have many employees and uh yeah i don't know i i mean i do to answer the second part of the question um i read a lot of books like i actually like um i like business books and i also like reading them for a lot of times like the advice will kind of be like okay i actually don't want to be like that like what you're saying right now is very um you know you're not You're not thinking about the people so much. You're thinking about the business or like how to manipulate people into doing the thing. So I I like to get a variety of perspectives, um, like reading business books. But also I recognize that um, some business books are not very good, uh, but they're a good way of like helping me recognize like what traps I might fall into if I'm like too focused on um you know metrics or something like that and not about the people
0: yeah it's tough because i feel like most business books are just gonna be written by blowhards you know like there's
5: some good ones yeah. but yeah i mean there's yeah
0: um yeah do you have concrete advice uh that you've gotten that are good takeaways like i'll i'll filibuster by i remember reading i think it was ed Catmull's book about like the origins and history of pixar and stuff I think it was in that where he said something about, like, yeah, when your company grows to the point where the real conversations about what's wrong with it are happening in the hallways instead of in the meetings, then you failed. <laughs> and it's like, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Or it's like, that is a good tip. So it's like, that's why hopefully I'm maybe too paranoid about constantly checking in with everybody at MinMax to be like, okay, how are you doing? Is everybody secretly pissed? What's happening? Is everybody good? Is everybody good? Um, and having that tone, which, Kelsey, by the way, you've been very helpful. I feel like there was, we were talking about collector corner on a call not too long ago, and then I got to pick your brain. I was like, okay, as a uh, your mind. Can you help me with this one detail with our meetings? Because I think I could use some tips and improvement, and since you sit in a lot of them. So thank you for being a good sounding board on that front.
5: I try. Um, my, my best piece of advice, really, is just, um, I think, giving people ownership over what they're doing you know like right. if you are too much of a boss and like dictating all of the things i think people will just treat it like you know clock in clock out and um and that's fine but like if you want to i don't know like i like people to have a pretty good time at work i don't want them to be like i do this thing because i ugh, I, I gotta get through another day because i have to i want it to at least be like you know what as far as jobs go This is this is pretty cool. So uh, to get to that point, you know, I think just giving people um, ownership and like letting them make a mistake and not like jumping in to save the mistake from happening and and that sort of thing. Like let let it happen and then be like, it's fine. Cool. You, You made a mistake and now you can now you have a thing to take away from that.
0: Right. How do you how do you do that? How do you give people ownership without literally giving them ownership?
5: Um, responsibilities and sort of the, like, in a literal sense for me, I mean, it's things like, um, every one of my staff has just blanket consent to give up to a, like, 15% discount for any reason if they feel like it's, you know, it, it's helpful in the situation if they feel like it'll, you know, make a customer for life or, you know, just something like that. Like, oh, interesting. you don't need to ask me permission for like little things like this. Do you want to, do you want to throw in a little freebie for someone? Like, do you yeah. want to, um, uh, you know, or, or do you feel like this person should leave even though they haven't like, you know, they haven't broken anything or whatever. Like you are, I will have your back. You can just tell them to leave. So it's that kind of thing. It's like you have the decision-making power in a lot of like little day-to-day things. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle, are you dealing with being a manager for the first time now back at Game Informer? Uh,
3: yes. I mean, I, I I was a manager in my like my retail days. Sure. You know, um, and then at GameSpot, I was almost similarly to you, working with like freelancers a lot. Okay, yeah. And contractors and stuff. Um, but this is, yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons that I was wanted to, you know, pursue the, the sort of the new job at Gameformer was it is a, a managerial position and I do have people who report to me directly. So it is, I'm actually appreciating this conversation cause I do feel like I need to think about that a lot more about it and, and be better about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, have you learned anything so far? Has Blake Hester snapped on you or anything?
3: Oh, we fight constantly. I would imagine, yeah. Uh, arguing about game of the year already. Oh fun. <laughs> oh, fun.
0: Oh, uh, fun. No, do you have any lessons so no, far? Yeah. I mean, I know it's been literally a no, week and a half.
3: It, yeah, no, nothing. No, 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 no huge lessons to take away yet, for sure.
0: Okay. All right. Well, fill us in when you got them. Um, Jeff, do you have advice on good management in the past?
4: Uh, yeah, but it's all it's all centered around a two-year-old now. Um, oh interesting do whatever they
0: want because are not gonna <laughs> just give up yep i guess yeah parenting that's that's i mean there probably is i bet parents are better managers inherently right there's got to be some overlap there. I'm sure there are three thousand yeah. books I mean, written on this bad exact topic. Uh, yes, sure, <laughs> yeah. I suppose so.
5: I mean, I feel like the thing I just said about letting people make their own mistakes and stuff is probably like that's probably also in a parenting book, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I'd mm, imagine. Yeah, for sure.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, Mick Crack Kenway Redstone says, "I just want to highlight Serial Vasquez's new excellent video essay. Can open world games exist without conquest?" This is an essay that Surreal put up. Where yeah, yeah, this? check it out. It's, a, it's on his official YouTube channel. Check it out. Help support Surreal. Um, Mulligan writes in and says Hey, Ben, uh, the new shows all look great at Minmax." Max. Thank you. Um, But as someone who primarily enjoys MinMax through podcasts and not YouTube or Twitch, I can't keep up with them as much as I'd like. I'd love to hear your thoughts on MinMax's lean towards video instead of podcasting content. Is the move towards video due to audience numbers, the creative opportunities video offers, just the fact that computer games are a visual medium? Do you see more shows coming in a podcastable format in the future, or is video the way forward for MinMax? Thanks. I hope this isn't too much of a party chap. Party chat type question for the regular show. Yeah, if you like these types of questions and answers, you'll love party chat, which is our bonus podcast where we dive much more into the weeds on all this stuff. But yeah, this is an interesting one. I I hadn't really thought of it. I think think part of it is like with the new Tuesday shows and stuff, Twitch is the easiest thing. It's like the least technical thing we can do in a lot of ways. And so it's just like, okay, uh, just... I mean, Jeff, for example, hit go live on Twitch. You put that stream out and it's pretty easy. And then we can pick up the archive and deal with it after the fact. But if it's like, all right, Jeff, produce this podcast content, I think it'd be a little, there'd be more of a learning curve. So there's probably something there for where we're at. Um, But it's not a big conscious thing because I'm also primarily a podcast person. So I definitely want to make sure there's plenty of podcast content available, especially, I mean... Uh, I don't know what tier you're at, Mulligan, but if you're at that $5 tier, you get that bonus podcast feed, which is overflowing with bonus stuff, like the Deepest Dives, and then all of our interviews are in there, or Max Spoilers are in there, and Party Chat's in there and stuff. So if you have that bonus podcast feed, it seems like it should be overflowing. Um, but Kyle, have you thought about this? Do you feel like we're focusing too much on Twitch and video instead of podcast stuff?
3: No, I mean, I mean, there there also is like, there's more... I think. I mean, right? There's more money to be made by having content on Twitch. Oh, Kyle. Right?
0: Spoken like a real manager. This is all he cares cares about. He's caring for those whales on Twitch. Disgusting. Uh, Well, I mean... The Twitch whales. (laughs) I mean, the sweet spot is, yeah, you stream on Twitch so you can grow that audience because that really is... Um, a growing source of revenue for us. And at the same time, we take that content, you know, like a deepest dive and then make a podcast version of that. And hopefully we can please everybody. But I will say very early stages and all this stuff, but I have been talking to somebody about creating a new podcast with MinMax. So like we're still thinking about that angle as well and maybe in its own standalone feed or we'll figure out the details of that later on. But um, Rob Goddard writes in and says, my wife, best friend and I were recently... Uh, talking about her time as Blockbuster Video employees. It was a great trip down memory lane, and it made me wonder if there was any fond video store memories amongst the crew. Y'all like video stores?
4: Am I, the, am I the only one that remembers video stores? No How I dare I, you? I had
3: one that I could bike to. And uh, that I would go to often just a blockbuster up the street. And uh, I would, they always had a video game on display. It was random, whatever it was. But I remember I went in there once and beat star Fox 64. And one of the people there, like in one there. sitting. Yeah. I mean, it's not a long game. Star Fox. 64. Well, yeah, but uh, that's still are, are they your lot.
5: daycare? Or something? No, I don't know. I, I was
3: a pleasant <laughs> enough kid. I wasn't causing trouble. I just wanted to go play star Fox. And I remember the, the <laughs> where the per- your parents? The person working there was actually like impressed And I was like, oh, my gosh, you you beat the game? And I was like, yeah,
0: all right, I'm going to go home now. See ya." (laughs) (laughs) So handsome, too. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I went and rented a bunch of stuff as a kid. But then it was summer after freshman year. So it would have been 2006, I think, of college. Like, I went back home and was looking for a job. And I actually applied and I was going to work doing, like, landscaping, which was just, like, pit of my stomach fear of, like, I'm – I am so terrible at everything physical. I cannot do this. I'm going to look like such an ass out there. And then last second, this opening happened at like a video rental store called Family Video. And so I ended up working there over the summer. And i was so thankful now that I got to actually work at like a video rental store before they all imploded. And like actually renting out VHS tapes, asking folks to rewind, giving late fees and all that stuff. Like it was fun. And so it was also not very popular there. And so every morning I would just go in and I would blast the Smash Brothers Melee soundtrack over the, over the speakers, and I would play Ocarina of Time on the computer, just like a ROM of Ocarina of Time, <laughs> and then nice. talk about movies with people when they came in, and it was, it was awesome, I loved it.
5: I mostly rented video games at the video rental stores growing up. Yeah. You know, I, uh, games are expensive, so, you know, I'm not yep. buying you Gex, but sure, you can rent Gex. And <laughs> then all the references over went over my head, so. Perfect. <laughs>
0: Uh,
4: I I do. I do weirdly miss like the worst part about going to a movie rental place is now the best part, which was just kind of like wandering the aisles and looking at movies, looking for something to watch. But there's but looking back on it, there's something quaint about people from all over going to that same place and doing that same thing and, you know, doing it with other people as opposed to just looking through like an endless Netflix stream of, and you still can't decide what to watch. But
0: Yeah, I wonder emotionally. But, ba- but
4: back then, that, that always felt terrible. It was like, God, I don't want to go there and I don't want to spend 30 minutes looking and there's nothing to watch anyway. But, but now, I guess I have nostalgia for that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember people always ask me for movie recommendations and stuff, which like I was, you know, I was big into Rotten Tomatoes in those days and stuff. But I remember one time, This guy, and he was a weird guy, but he's like, could you recommend like a romantic or sexy movie for me and my wife to watch? I was like, what is this? Uh, I was like, there's some new movie out. It looks like some movie set in the 1800s in France or something. It seems like it's a romantic film. Go ahead and check that out. And then he brought it back like four weeks later. And I was saying, like, all right, well, you have these late fees. And he was just livid. And I just remember him screaming at me, like, that movie wasn't even romantic. That wasn't even sexy. Like, yelling at me, like I, don't, I didn't like, see didn't counter argument. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, There's a dollar amount you owe us, sir. Uh, all right. What do you all like for a question of the week? I hmm. like the management question. That was different. I
5: like, I like that one, That's one, one yeah. of the ones I wrote down, too. Okay. Yeah.
0: What else you got, Kelsey? I like the sauces question. Yep, yep. Yeah, sauces is good. Jeffum nailed it um, to a degree I've never (laughs) seen before. Uh, Yeah, I like management. Y'all feeling good about that? Yeah, I like that one. See, that's the key to management, Kelsey, is you just say, hey, has everybody got a problem? Is everybody good? Okay, all right, I think that's it. There we go. Blackjack, congratulations. You just won We Are OFK from IMA Pit. Uh, Now it's time for something that we call Get a Load of This. All right, Jeffum, it all comes down to you. Uh get a load of this.
4: Uh you know what? Actually I'm going to I'm going to put this into uh the Discord's chat so that you guys can see the picture of this thing.
0: Okay. Um this is
4: an article from Design Boom uh and it says uh inexact suit carries plastic eating mealworm colonies sheltered by human body heat. Uh, Stephen, this is just is, a,
3: this is from Death Stranding. This is just a Death Stranding <laughs> it, screenshot. It
4: absolutely is. Yes, this is how we're going to solve the plastic problem that we that we're going that we already have. Um, and the answer apparently is to wear yes a Death Stranding suit with like a giant bubble in the front that's full of a mealworm colony, and it's glass so you can see them like chewing what? away at whatever plastic that you put in there. And it uses your body heat. To break things down, so I look forward to all of us wearing these in the future, everywhere that we go.
0: Can't you just set these up by a volcano or something, and the mealworms? No, related? you don't want to do that. <laughs> you want to wear it. Look how stylish that is. That <laughs> is unnerving. It's gonna be the new Google Glass. It'll be like a trend for a while. Everyone wearing a mealworm suit. Yeah, that's good so. stuff. Links below if you want to check it out, everybody. Um, let's see. Hey, get a load of this. Um, Rich Summer. Um, who you might remember from Firewatch and whatnot, he just tweeted out, uh, I guess retweeted somebody else tweeting this thing, uh, which is just old Hollywood bloopers. I don't know if you've all seen this, but it's just like classic films. So if you ever want to see like Cary Grant blowing his lines, Jimmy Stewart just fumbling over stuff, like it's just so fun just to have Jimmy that Stewart reminder. Fumbling? He f- <laughs> no, he fumbles. Uh, that's for Don Knotts. There's a fine line between Don Knotts and Jimmy Stewart, which is we'll talk about it in a future deepest dive, I'm sure. But anyways, but it's just fun to hear like old Hollywood fumble instead of just being so pitch perfect all the time. It's like, oh, it turns out those people in those movies back then, they were human beings, Kyle, and they were silly when the cameras weren't rolling or they were rolling, but not uh, being used in the film. You know what I mean? So link below for that fun thing.
3: I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Thank you. Uh, Kelsey, what do you got?
5: So get a load of this. Uh, There was an auction recently in Paris where a bunch of dinosaurs were sold and uh, this is just wild to me because I never really considered the idea that one could just purchase a dinosaur. Like, Don't that get fe- Ben
3: started on auction. <laughs> Hang on, what's and this? Dinosaurs. What's this? It's a big sword. Well, a Fallen
0: <laughs> Kingdom had completely crap the bet on that. But okay, yeah. But uh, how much are these things?
5: Well, there was one that sold for like half a million dollars. And I just, obviously, that's a lot of money. But hear me out. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of people in the world. That can afford a half a million dollar dinosaur? Not us, not most people. Uh But like that is, you know, probably like a stadium sized amount of people that could afford to just own a dinosaur, and that's wild to me. I don't know. You realize you can just this is season two of
0: Collector Corner is just you talking to people who have dinosaur (laughs) collections. Uh, Yeah, I guess like um, get Bruce Wayne. Thomas Jefferson was really into buying dinosaur skeletons and fossils and stuff
5: i just feel just, i mean i know this is a tired argument for auctions and this is probably happening at art auctions all the time where it's like it belongs in a museum or whatever but like it actually feels like dinosaurs kind of belong in a museum right like
0: not everyone those, you gotta there's some redundant some boring I guess herbivore there's a
5: lot of, i guess there's more dinosaurs like complete dinosaur skeletons than i thought there were
3: i mean unlike you know a piece of art this is a thing that just does technically exist out in the world yeah (laughs) people had to track it down and dig it up but
0: yeah as kyle referenced the most the dumbest thing is jurassic world fallen kingdom they auction off living dinosaurs and it goes for like 1.2 million (laughs) like what that's it one of seven (laughs) dinosaurs on planet earth okay
5: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You can just own it. If you're if you're wealthy enough and you don't have to be like, you know, Bill Gates level wealthy. Yeah. You just have a dinosaur.
3: I, I, hey, I saw a new Patreon go. Well, I mean, <laughs> speaking of which,
0: you know that Bill Gates does actually own a dinosaur skeleton. Like, you, I'm serious. So, yeah. We. Um, serious? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um we were on a boat. It was when we were uh game informer. Everybody take Bill a Gates? shot. Yeah, no, we were on the boat of like the studio head for Sucker Punch and going around Seattle and Lake Washington and all that stuff. Help me out, Kelsey. You know the territory better than I do. But he's like, okay, we can either go this way or we can go this way. And if we go this way, we'll see Bill Gates' house and he has a full T. Rex skeleton out in front. What? And then everybody else, and it's like lit up. It has like you can see it online. You can find it. Um, But then everyone's like, well, let's go the other way. Getting on
5: a boat this week. Yeah, you need to. I want to (laughs) go. But everybody else on
0: the boat wanted to go the other way. And I'm like, we get to see Bill Gates' T-Rex. What are you doing? I tried to grab the steering wheel. and I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) They threw me overboard. He sucker punched me.
3: Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Uh, Hey, get a load of this. This is, um, maybe you can fast forward a bit if you haven't seen uh, Nope, Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, Yeah. But he he had this tweet, which I just thought was interesting. Uh, That movie is a cool movie. He tweeted, November 30th, 2014 he shared the tweet. so this is many years ago dreamt that a baby chimp attacked some people then ran to me and hugged me all scared i woke up with tears streaming down my face hashtag bruh
0: (laughs) yeah i love that somebody in an interview asked him about that and he didn't didn't even remember it yeah but that's my favorite thing is digging through twitter he didn't
3: remember it it. he 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 made a
0: whole (laughs) uh Jeff, do you get one from the community yeah, get a load of this. Uh, this one was
4: from that flow state, um, and it's a it's an excerpt from a podcast because everybody has a podcast nowadays. Um, and this podcast is Tony Hawk and Jason Ellis, two you know old timer skateboarders. But it's just a it's a minute long clip of them talking about how doing doing the podcast that they're doing is costing them money every week and then just laughing maniacally about it <laughs> as it like dawns on both of them that this is what they're doing with their time. Um, and it's very funny. How is it sure. costing them money? I don't know. I guess because they're buying equipment or something like that. But but they Nonsense. just both have a very long and very good laugh. And I don't know if they were also
0: imbibing things before this uh, right. happened. But, uh, uh, it it's yeah. very fun. There we go. Link below for all that fun stuff. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can share it online, leave a review, all that fun stuff. We appreciate it. Um, it was our anniversary, our third anniversary, um, and I'm reminded every anniversary that the earliest discussions that we had about forming MinMax, literally as early as you can get, um, we recorded them. And if you support MinMax at the $5 tier, uh, you can unlock the bonus podcast feed where you can just listen to us for like two hours, very awkwardly working through what this thing could be. Um, and you I mean, can...
3: I think I, I really called it in that
0: discussion where I said, I think it might be good. <laughs> Mike, it's like Babe Ruth calling the shot. Uh, but uh, just for a sample of that, uh, don't be confused. This is a clip, everybody, from those earliest meetings.
3: Do you see this as a full time thing for you, or like you just? I, I see like, it. I don't know. I like have no idea. I have no idea either. Right? Yeah. It could be.
0: Are
4: you going to do a Patreon for Yeah. 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 I didn't even know that was something. That
0: should... Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the plan. And so it's either going to be all Patreon or ninety percent <laughs> freelance. You know, or like somewhere.
3: Yeah, on Metal
4: spectrum. Are you talking about supporting yourself? Yeah.
0: Are you leaving gaming
4: for me? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
3: Oh, you didn't even know about that
4: no okay yeah
0: Yeah. but again if you unlock uh, the bonus podcast feed you can listen to that full discussion if you want to hear truly min max's raw origins um and you can just search in the bonus podcast feed i think it's just called Minmax's earliest meetings if you search meetings it'll it'll pop up in there um also this week at Minmax, we had an interview with uh, noah falstein uh from lucasarts i mean he's the person who hired ron gilbert just to tie everything together here but we talk about his consulting on return to monkey island we talk about him co-designing indiana jones in the fate of atlantis it's kind of a follow-up to our deepest dive there he also worked at google he was like the chief game design officer or some nonsense uh, within google for a while so he saw the origins of stadia he's been in the industry for i think like 43 years at this point he has a lot to say so you can check that out on youtube or in the bonus podcast feed if you're interested also on friday we have a new episode of crossfade our music podcast hosted by matt helgeson former host of the game former show and jason Daphnis. and on this episode uh, the music critic alana levin is on the show to talk about Def Leopard and Cinderella. So subscribe to Crossfade on your favorite podcast app. It is not a Patreon exclusive. It's a whole separate thing. Also, to go back in time to talk about our bonus podcast feed, uh, we have now started uploading um, ad-free versions of the MinMax show for Patreon supporters. So if you have that podcast feed, the bonus podcast feed, the versions of the MinMax show in there are going to be ad-free for you. We'll still include the I'm 8-Bit prize. Like, that seems like the right way to go about it, but if you want a completely ad-free version of the show and you want to help support us uh, or throw a thank you our way for three years of content, uh, that is a good way to do it. So patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Uh, Kelsey, what do you got going on?
5: Uh, I've still got my podcast, uh, Video Game History Hour, which you can follow. Um, and also I think people should check out Collector Corner too here on Minmax.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. We're check recording it out on another
5: episode next week.
0: It's going to be fun, everybody. Uh, And thanks, everybody, for supporting us, including everybody at that $50 tier over there on Patreon, the Game Champion tier. They can choose any game under the sun, and they are officially the champion of it. So hats off to Procyon number six, who is still the champion of Ghost of Tsushima. But not the killing dogs part, Kyle. Specifically, not that part. Thank you. Uh, and then Joe Dean is the champion of Hotel Dusk Room 215. Awesome choice, Joe Dean. Officially the champion. Help support us choosing a game under the sun. We're going to have a poll coming up uh, pretty soon here to choose which game we're actually making bonus content about. That's how the whole game champion thing works. Kyle, did I forget if you wanted to plug anything?
3: I uh, will plug that the protagonist's name of Hotel Dusk is Kyle.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Kyle H. Oh, that's even more beautiful. Look at that. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week for some God of War talk. We'll go a little more in depth and then probably talk in Resident Evil Village, DLC, and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Be good. Have fun. Let's go.